0: Talk Brunch, served hot
1: Talk Brunch Live Rick Dara here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch Co-host Destin, Soul Glow, Frasier Really, 2020? Devo too? Yeah, right, what is going on? I'm I'm sick of it I've absolutely had it. it I don't even know what to say anymore We're going to get into that later on in the night Thank you everyone who hung out there I know we're a little bit delayed It's been fixed now We're ready to roll here This is episode 426, December 14th, 2020 Of Talk Brunch Live One of the last few we're going to have of the year And uh, listen, most importantly I want you all to know and This is something that I think you need to all carry with you Into the holidays and into our life Once we get out of this situation Cyberpunk runs at 2976 by 1674 aka 1674p on the Xbox One X all of these next gen elitists that complete one game a year and are over here trying to run tech analysis need to just chill out okay it's not that serious yeesh everyone's acting like it's the end of the world and everything I've seen the game running maybe if you're on the old systems it's a little bad but really in general it's fine I'm just tired of hearing about it Mm -hmm. even on my PS4 I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you know, it's like it's fun. The, the, the base consoles, I, I do see it framed up in the base consoles, but really the one X and it, mainly the one X. It's still fine. So everyone needs to relax. G
2: Project Red is working on it within the first two days. Two big
1: patches. I see people to, doing what they can. yeah. I see people that play like maybe two games a freaking year, trying to run analysis like if they've been here all the whole time. Like go sit out. We've been through this enough times. Go sit back over there with your two games.
2: One of
1: them being Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to be inclusive when that shit starts happening. And that kind of gets on my nerves, you know. Right. Play on whatever platform you have. Don't go nuts trying to kill yourself to get a console because someone tells you that the shaders on your thing don't look correct. Exactly. No. I have more shadows on my game score than you do on your whole profile. And it didn't take me to have fucking any kind of a... <laughs> Bitch. Ray tracing for that. <laughs> Numerically, I've seen more shadows, good or bad, than you. When I can go through a
2: game and and in six or seven playthroughs not see the same person twice, I'm not complaining.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it's different. If listen, if you're someone who this is what you do, this is your livelihood, and this is how you are, you're a regular reviewer. Then I obviously keep doing what you're doing. Digital Foundry, for example, I recommend them. Go on YouTube, Digital Foundry. What they do is they'll run the game, uh, split screen. Between all the different versions at the same time, so you can see side by side uh, what's happening between frame rate and resolution and stuff. People who do this on a regular, it's okay. But I'm seeing a lot of people literally say nothing about gaming throughout the year, and now they're just exploding. It's like they've been con- they're CM Punking, you know? They've been containing themselves so quietly, and now we're in the next gen. They have all these opinions that no one cares about. <laughs> Let it go, Let go, guys. So uh, we're in the Christmas season. You see how Christmassy I have everything, right? All holidayed mm. and spruced up. Gorgeous. Stasis, I think, actually looked around to see if I wish for the work or a shoot. Anyway, Kurt Angle. He put up a Christmas video. Did you see this? I have not. Neither have I. That's the fun of being here. If I had time oh, to God. see all of this before I came on here, it'd be early. <laughs> anyway, what is this Kurt Angle thing? Let's see
3: here. <laughs> Christmas! Oh, no,
4: no, no. I canceled you. This is my year now, buddy. Oh, no, you can't cancel me. I'm Saint Nick. I'm the only man that can bring all the presents to all the good boys and girls all around the world. Do you know who I am? I'm Saint Olympic. I'm the only Olympic gold medalist to win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Where are your gold medals? Wait. Is that my milk? Your milk? This is my milk, buddy. You know, every December, I get so tired of my kids screaming, Santa, Santa, Santa. Well, what about me? I'm the real American hero. You're not. And now you want to drink my milk, too? Well, guess what? What are you going to do about it?
1: I thought he was going to do a spit take of milk in oh. Santa's face or something for me. That. Oh. I That's my milk. <laughs> oh, that was such a horrible freaking bump. You suck I'd rather get cold in my stocking than that bump you That's the suck. best we could do for a current angle bump Did you see how ugly that shit was?
0: I can't. Mm. Hold on a minute What? <laughs>
5: I've never seen that
1: That's so fucking hor- horrible The whole thing is so disappointing you Just hit him Give him a quick right hand oh. With that camera angle it could have worked oh. better too. This is so bad That's
5: my milk <laughs>
2: You couldn't, like, follow through, like, keep it going? Like, Let me believe it's just heavy as shit, something.
1: Nope. That was disappointing. Sheesh, well, I shared it for you guys. I apologize later. <laughs> you know? Thought we were going to get something cool out of that. And it just wasn't. That wasn't very holiday Maybe I should review some of this shit before we come on here. I'm surprised he didn't do a retake. Fire that guy, whoever that was. <laughs> that Santa sucked. <laughs> you know? yeah he
2: couldn't even be a mall santa
1: nope mall Santas are way better than that all right well let's see if we can salvage that launch thanks a lot santa and kurt so apparently charlotte flair is going to be on stone cold's uh season two of that straight up with steve austin thing which we never watched season one of Yeah,
2: i feel like i, I feel like i want to go back and watch that now
1: yeah i don't but i'll still run the trailer <laughs>
5: Jump in because me and my guests gonna raise more hell than ever before. Ready to jump in? Yes! Okay, divine hustlers and players for me. You would be a gangster. (laughs) Here we go. I scheduled my own intervention. Pretty entertaining.
1: (laughs) At least they look like they have interesting. Iced teeth on this steel. Oh look, it's the machine. That's right, we did talk about yeah. the machine's going to be on there. Season
5: 2 premieres January on USA.
1: I'm sold. In Charlotte. so Yeah, huh. I mean, it's interesting.
5: Yeah,
1: and the machine's going to be on there. Seems like everyone who's retired from wrestling is doing more interesting stuff than the people that are in wrestling at this point.
2: Well, I mean, when Bruce Pritch is not booking your TV show, you can do some pretty interesting
1: shit. Yeah. So JR has heat. I keep hearing that JR has heat, huh? Yeah, apparently. How does good old Jim Ross get heat? It used to just be that Jim Ross says stuff and then the rest of us believe it. And that was it. Nope. No, he You he would have an argument with someone about whether or not an angle worked and then it would be like, well, well, what did the Ross report say? He said it was good. Well, then there you go. Sorry. Ross report said it was over. He said he was over. If, if the Ross report said that he was over, then that means that they don't have to do anything else to push him. Read the Ross report. Rookie. Remember back in the day, that's what you did. It <laughs> you know, Jim Ross. And if you don't believe him, too bad. Too,
3: too bad. <laughs> you don't matter enough to
1: me. Yeah. Pretty much. So anyway, apparently Jim Ross on this recent Grilling with JR, Grillin' JR number 85. Um, He, this is the Armageddon 2000 episode. He talks a little bit about spots. And uh, I believe this started because they were talking about the DDT. If you guys recall, that was Jake the Snake Roberts finisher before it just became a move you just hit people with. And uh, he just started talking about the way moves get diluted that way, like moves that used to be finishers become something else and this sort of went into an aew rant i did hear this i'll let you guys hear it now i'm going to link you to the whole episode
6: do you think that some of these big moves should be more protected or is that just the evolution of the business no that evolution of the business is bullshit or oh, the business is evolving how the fuck do you know it's evolving not you conrad but in general uh, come on yes they should be protected of course they should well, we don't sell right left hands. If you hit me with your left, I'll register. But if you hit me with that right, I'll sell like a drunk man. Well, come on. It's so stupid. The DDT's a finish and instead of a transition spot. Shawn Michaels, same thing. They were kidding him about but they were ribbing on the square. That's exactly the way it is. The super kicks are just a part of the of the flow of a match. Nobody wins with it. So that what's it say to you? Does it say that back in the day, guys were more proficient at delivering a DDT or a super kick than they are in this generation where things are evolving. Things are changing in the wrestling business. I want some proof of that shit. I want someone to prove to me that the changing of the wrestling business is, uh, is, is what it is today. And that, uh, it's making a difference. It, it may be what it is in some people's eyes, but is it making a difference? I say, no. So I told a kid the other day at AEW he said. Everybody does the same fucking spot All you guys get outside. You cluster up like quail. You stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together side by side so that you can catch some leaping idiot going over the top who never wins with this move. And they don't get an advantage with this move. It's, you know, they're looking for a, the, the, the holy shit chant. What so got that going. I think they love to hear those. Holy shit. Holy shit. This is awesome. It's a spot folks. It's a trapeze act. Come on. I'm gonna sound like God damn it. Conrad, you motherfucker. Got goddamn Alabama bastards. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't buy into that. The DDT's a great finish. It should be used as such. What if I said it on commentary, boy, folks, don't you remember those DDTs? And somebody hit that. It was over. I guess these guys just aren't as good at it as they used to be. Well, that that ain't going to help anybody. No. But it, but there's a thought there. It's uh, the same, same with the super kick. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not big on that. The business has changed. Tell me how conclusively how the business has changed where you can you can bastardize established moves.
1: The man makes a point. What do you think?
2: I mean, yeah, he does have a point. There was once a time when you saw somebody get hit with a DDT and that was it. Same thing with the super kick. I wouldn't have been as brutal about it,
1: but I mean. Yeah, he he dropped yeah, a lot of F-bombs he, for Jim Ross, right?
2: I I think that's where kind of the heat comes, like, you get the point, but it's like, damn.
1: <laughs> but the problem is that they don't get the point. Like, how long has this been said? They've been here over a year now, and this has been said almost since before they launched. Back when they were just uh, doing All In, before it was even All Elite Wrestling, and it was just a pay-per-view. People were saying this, and they were saying it nicely then. Everyone's giving them the benefit of the doubt, kind of saying, hey, you know, they could really slow it down. right? Hey, maybe they need to start selling more. And then after a while now, yeah, but everybody's like, why don't you fucking sell? Sell the fucking matches. Everybody's doing the same shit. Stop looking like spot monkeys. It's, it's the nature of human beings. That's the way that we're designed psychologically. And when you tell someone something for the, for the better of their own good, especially a business like this, and, and especially in the public eye, and you're still giving the benefit of the doubt. You're going, to, you're going to be skeptical, but you're going to be cordial with them. Like, look, you're going to tell them what they need to say. But after a while, of someone just doing the same thing over and over and over again, yeah, you might not say it as nicely anymore. If you've ever been around a little kid, I'm sure you've all experienced it. First time you tell them, you know, put that down, and be like, hey, you know, don't touch that, please. You know, after all, you be like, put that shit down. Fuck did I tell you? That's sort of what AEW has become. They've become the put that okay. shit down company. I hate to say it, but isn't that the way it looks? Yeah, you got a point. And uh. Yeah, everything's just really spotty at this point. And if they're not, why did they bring Jim staff? They didn't want to learn from him? I guess they literally just want him to put them over with the commentary. They want to have a big name, you know, calling the matches. Because at the end of the day, I kind of think that his uh, his mind for the business is probably going to be something more valuable to them than anything that they're going to be able to attain from him being there on commentary. Especially because a lot of the time it does sound like he either doesn't know what the hell's going on or he doesn't believe in the product fully. Like he believes in him, he doesn't believe in what's currently happening, which you can't blame him for. It's a w- really weird, strange product, you know. Brandon Cutler, uh, he was the one that did the uh the dive spot, right? Or was it him? Uh, I believe it was. You know, and I think he's also somebody who uh who took offense to it because he put down a. Uh, actually, he might I don't know if he did the dive spot, but he did put uh the fence to it where he uh he tweeted, "We're gonna go outside, cluster up like coils, stand there in a huddle, friends and foes together, side by side, to catch some leaping idiot going over the top." This was how he promoted the. I guess the upcoming match that was coming out, he was going to be promoting the 14-man tag match that's going to be happening this Wednesday. So that was the literal quote he put as the the promotion for it. So yeah, I guess a lot of people aren't taking kindly to the fact that Jim Ross, within the company that he's in, uh, you know, names stuff like that. But at the same time, it's better because at least that gives Jim Ross credibility. He doesn't look like he's just drinking the AEW Kool-Aid like a lot of other people are doing in the company. It
2: makes him sound like he has a mind of his own.
1: Yeah, he. Knows, they need like an objective voice and that everyone in that company agrees with each other and they're all buddy-buddy, everyone's cool, they're all putting each other over, nobody sucks, no no one needed to be taught anything. And I, honestly, the only other person I've heard do that was Jericho, where Jericho I've heard in the past complain about the tagging, the the fact that uh, the tag teaming disregards most of the rules and then buries the ref at the same time and that a few times he's had to tell them like, you know, to go back to being traditional tags where they really don't, you know. So what are your thoughts? How do you think that gets resolved? What do you think fixes that kind of an issue with the wrestlers and the company?
2: I mean, it definitely has to be adjusted in some kind of way. But then I see the biggest problem with it right now. A lot of the fans just eat that shit up. So it's like, do we change it and we risk losing them? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's fans like you and me where it's like if the DDTs and the Super Kicks went back to being, that's it. We're not going to complain. But then right. we see the indie marks where they love the seventeen super kicks in thirty-five seconds and the huge dive spots. And right now, fans like us are the majority. So uh, it's kind—it's a rough. I feel like it's a rough spot to be in.
1: I think it's only rough because WWE won't get their act together. I know everyone has a difference of opinion, and I and you guys know I like all wrestling. But I've always said on here, in my opinion. And I know that, that opinion has changed depending. I think it's an age-based thing, as much as I hate to say that. But in my opinion, I've always felt, at least for the duration of time we've done this show, and I've said it on here, that the WWE style, when done correctly and executed flawlessly, is still better than anything that's being executed in the indies, in New Japan, in Ring of Honor. The problem is that more often than not, it's not executed good all the time. You might get one good match a month and a bunch of other crap, but when the, it's like having a great game running, like a, a a shitty game running on a great engine, you know what I mean? This is one of those scenarios for any gamers out there. So you have this uh this company and they're just their style is really good in my opinion. I just kind of like. Yeah, when I was younger and I first got exposed to ECW because it was something different. Like, wow, look at this. And you you get used to the new pacing, the way the ring bumps because it has a harder bump, the way everyone, this, they almost aren't really selling. Everyone's transitioning in this fast hold. And, the, you know, the whole pace of a match is different. But if you really come down to it and you want to have a really, really good match, like something that will go down in the history books that people will always remember and go back to in reference, it's never those matches, Ever. It's always the storytelling that WWE does. And as much as they put over people like uh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, I kind of feel like they've had their best matches in WWE. And they didn't need to have that indie style. Because the WWE style over the years has evolved. It's become a hybrid of styles. It has some of the indie elements way more. Like if you go back, there's almost shock now. Like when you go back to the Attitude Era, they're almost not wrestling. When you compare it to what we're seeing now. A lot of the indie stuff has just sort of been integrated into their methodical storytelling pace, which to me really is better. You know? Like sure you can have yeah, a Kenny right Omega match with, with like a whole bunch of stuff and a whole and those matches are cool to have. But uh I, I think that like really there's a reason why their matches have the pacing that it does. Not only is it good for the wrestler, I think it's good for the viewer too. Because of what we're talking about here. When you're doing a hundred super kicks and a million DDTs and pile drivers off the top, after a while you just kind of lose it. Especially if that's not just one match There was a point where what made that special Was that it wasn't every match You would have a bunch of good indie matches And everything had a different style And in the middle of all of that You'd get a match like the Young Bucks Versus whoever Versus freaking uh, Forever Hooligans or, or Red Dragon You'd have that like in the middle And you'd be like Okay here comes the crazy match Where all these guys are gonna You know this match is gonna mean us And that used to be like something In the middle of a pay-per-view Like in the middle of a Ring of Honor Or a New Japan Now there's like five, six, sometimes seven matches to the point where like when the bucks come out and whatever tag teams they're going to face, even if it's like a four corners match, no one anymore goes, Oh, now you're going to see some crazy shit because you've already seen crazy shit. Freaking the hybrid to do crazy shit. The parapet the rapper guy, that's crazy shit with his partner. The, uh, there's a bunch of guys. They're so crazy bad. Shit. That's how you described it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of crazy, you know what I mean? But it's like you, you have to, after a while, it, you just get diluted in that when everyone, when everyone's doing the same thing. Spa monkeys. Yeah. You know, which is cool. I don't mind that, but I'm just saying that somewhere in AEW specifically, and I hate to throw them under the bus, but somewhere in there, we lost any other style of match. And unfortunately, even people who don't wrestle those style of matches anymore are wrestling those style of matches. You got poor Chris Jericho out there, you know, sweating off a pound of person. Trying to fucking keep up with these indie style matches. This week it was only an accomplishment because his fucking belt didn't burst when he was out there like it did last week. He saw that shit went on. I was wondering
2: was I the only who saw that. Surprised
1: president take somebody's eye out. The fucking buckle was flying to the ground. I like, <laughs> you know we
2: <it> didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean though? It's like and and that's how like imagine if somebody like Undertaker. No disrespect, but somebody like Undertaker could not keep deciding that he's gonna have one last run if he was in AEW. You know what I mean? Like the way that these guys wrestle, they wouldn't be able to have an Undertaker match. What are they going to do? Be hitting the ropes and hurricane running all over the fucking place till Thor hurricane running the guy and then hitting those springboard leg drop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just too much. And uh, I, I, I kind of get where he's getting with it. You know, there's times that they lose everybody with all of the things that they're doing. And it would probably help more if they showcase the talent more than they're doing. I think that's one of the bigger problems that they're having as much as, uh, We criticize WWE when they take two guys that are singles guys from a tag team and put them together. The one advantage that that gives you when you're a good storytelling, when you're a good storyteller rather, is that you now got two guys that are already established. Like let's take a freaking Cesaro and Nakamura. You got two guys that are established already as singles guys. So now their tag team moves are almost telling their story. Because you, you're familiar with what they're doing You've seen Cesaro for years, you know about his European uppercut, his pop-up European uppercut His freaking swing, you know, you know about His submissions and stuff, you know about Nakamura And the fact that he uses knees and kicks, you know about His good vibrations in the corner, you expect that So now you got two wrestlers that everyone's familiar with Now they're starting to use these moves together, European Uppercut into knees, all kinds of shit So you're seeing, oh, these guys have good chemistry together So when the commentator says that, it actually means it It's not just two people out there, like when it's Mandy Rose and uh, the other one that, Where it's like, oh, these, they have good chemistry, but it's, it's lie like there's actually proven points of good chemistry where they're combining moves and things that they're doing are actually telling a story but if you're putting hybrid two out here with freaking parapet Rappa and all these other guys no one's seen them before or, or, or major, the majority haven't so when they do something or when they're going for something or when something gets reversed since you're familiar with them and they've never even been in the fucking ring before you don't know what they were going for or what got reversed or what they were trying to do or what they were supposed to do or what they should be doing and they're actually established teams they got to show more of these guys, like, without having 20 of them in the ring at a time, you know, for you to understand what the hell's going on. And I think that's in any good story. You know, you show, you, you, you give each character time to develop on their own on the screen. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Cir- Cirque du Soleil performance. That's that's sort of what it feels like, you know? So, I don't know, guys. Like, like, and again, I'm not even down on the product because they're doing cool stuff at the same time. There's certain things that I'll defend that they're doing that other people are criticizing. But a lot of the matches that the young guys have, like, they are all over the place, man. It is just people bouncing all over the damn place, getting kicked a thousand times with a hundred finishers, pile drivers, spike pile drivers, pop up power bombs into pile drivers and all kinds of crazy shit. Kicking out at two, close two, sometimes at one. And this goes back to another t- the conversation we had on here about how everybody in this company all has ninety fives when they wrestle, you know, and only just now I'll give them credit where they're starting to. And it goes to show that they realize that, that that it is the way it needs to be. Only in these last few weeks have we started to see all the people that should have been on AW Dark relegated to AW Dark. Like, I don't see Sunny Kiss here anymore. I don't see Big Swole up here anymore. You know, like there's nothing wrong with those guys, but they're really AEW dark material. Like, what the hell were they doing on the main roster? You know, you had Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy on your main roster? It just didn't make much sense to me. And that doesn't mean they can't be entertaining and you eventually develop them, but when you have guys coming up every single week from the main mar- roster, that's never going to work. So, any thoughts about this? I mean, definitely
2: can't disagree with you, but this is the world we live in, unfortunately. <laughs> Only there, though. The, 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 I mean, like, this isn't me disagreeing with anything, but I mean,. Those fans are going to eat it up, regardless of what any of us say. Yeah, that's the same. And thing the TNA thing. that that that's realistic. Well, what? TNA has all of like six fans in George, but <laughs> but um, yeah, like basically, like I like I can't dispute a single thing that Jr. said because Jr. is not wrong about a single thing he said. But eh, I don't know. I, I guess I, I guess I, try, I sometimes try to look at it from both ends of the spectrum. So and mm-hmm. and I guess seeing it from that other side. The way wrestling fans are nowadays, they want—they don't want to see the DDT end it. They don't want to see the super kick end it. There's a lot more of them nowadays that want to see what happens after that DDT. What happens after that super kick? Like they—the young bucks have such a following just because of the crazy shit they do. So it's like they almost expect it, but then they're still going to want to be eating it up. And it also does contribute to the fact that fucking. WWE too busy sending people back to the PC instead of actually booking shit. But uh, it, it, it's such a weird situation how everything is nowadays.
1: Well, here's something we can analyze. I know times have changed and media have changed. But what if we were to compare TNA year one to M, to uh, AEW year one, which I honestly don't remember fully their hype, their success. But I do remember this. I remember that when they started having, you know, they had the six-sided ring, they were introducing talent like AJ Styles to the world. People who didn't know about Ring of Honor, um, you know, because Ring of Honor didn't have a television deal when they had like Kazarian and he was X Division champion, Christopher Daniels, you know, when he was a younger, guy. I remember and Samoa Joe and, and Kurt Angle showed up there and shit. Remember, there was like this crazy hype to it. There was just like this overwhelm because it was so different. It was like, look at this. Dude. We remember some of these guys and these other guys are exciting. It, they hadn't committed any sins yet. So it was it was just like this positive energy about this exciting young product. And I just want I'm wondering if they before they became a taboo name in wrestling households, I wonder if they had more buzz behind them at their best than AEW did in their first year, because that would be very telling just because it's only a matter of time. Like, yeah, the fans will keep eating it up. And then you got to ask yourself, based on what we know about TNA past history, ECW past history. How much will the fans eat it up? Will they eat it up enough that another company doesn't eat them up? Because history has dictated that no matter how much those fans chant the three letters of whatever the company is they support, it doesn't matter in the core. They're only going to eat it up so much. Where WWE will keep feeding them. So, again, I don't know the answer to the question. I don't remember if TNA had more hype at any point than AEW does now. But if they did, then AEW does have a reason to be concerned because that means that TNA had a higher high than they did. And they've already had a lower low than they did.
2: Well, I mean, with TNA when the Six Sided Ring came in, that was even years after their first year. Because you remember remember back in the day, it was back in the asylum in Nashville.
1: Right, right. The one like, that looked they, like it, it look, took the one a that looked while. like uh, nitro. That looked gray like nitro at the yeah, NWA version.
2: <laughs> yeah, like when we when we saw like the AJ Styles and the Samoa Joes and all those other times, that was like years and years in.
1: But they did so have it a lot took, of... It,
2: it took them a while to get to that point.
1: That is true though. So it might be too soon to tell, but is that going to happen? Are, are you telling me, like, is year one of AEW not going to be as good in years and years and they're going to get their AJ Styles? And their I Christmas mean, and
2: as I look, at this point, the way I'm starting to look at it, as long as they don't get a Jared or a fucking Dixie Carter, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> I just
1: Shit wonder like where that. the hell they're going to be years and years from now. A lot of we're talking about that.
2: Only time will tell.
1: Because I don't think the fans are going to continue to eat it up, to be honest. I mean, Ring of Honor never stopped doing anything wrong or anything to criticize them about. And uh, the fans didn't eat their stuff up just because something new and shiny came along. Not even something better. And when I really look back at it, in hindsight, AEW never became better than Ring of Honor, ever. They haven't had a single show better than Ring of Honor in their whole time of existence. We only kind of started watching it because it became the, the, the buzz and everybody was cool about it. They've yet to beat ROH. If we're talking about just good wrestling shows, they've yet to beat them. But everyone yeah. jumped over.
2: And that's true. We talking talking ROH was a period of time when it was just
1: like, hey, Matt Taven, world champion. But, uh, yeah, but because everybody left. Yeah, you know New Japan, same thing. They haven't had a better show than New Japan yet.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it's also two companies that have been around for well over a decade now. So it's I don't know. It's for AEW. It's still too early for me to tell because they haven't been around that long. Versus these other companies that have been around, like got some in some cases almost half our lives.
1: And they keep comparing themselves to a to to NXT. It's like when when your bar is a company. I like NXT. But when your bar is a com- is a brand of a company that hasn't even existed as long as their bad version of ECW yet there shouldn't be a reason for that to be the Oh God, thing that's true that you count that you count you know what I mean as your competition because you know what honestly and I would hate for it to happen but if NXT dis- disappeared tomorrow it would just be another heartbeat in the pulse of WWE just like so many other things that we used to have that we used to talk about on a weekly basis that we appreciated that were good that had characters on there that are now gone so, RAW will always be there as long as the company's there. That's where your competition is. SmackDown, even. But it's like, sure, you could beat NXT on a Wednesday. Good for you. Good job. But what 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 is our end game here? Just to beat NXT and keep spotting around?
2: It's gotta go past. It's gotta go farther than NXT. I mean, WWE's the one that decided to sacrifice them. I feel like I, at this point, I've always just felt like NXT is the first step because we've seen in other places they're starting to creep up.
1: But when they acquire talent, they don't even do much better. If you have to be honest, who who had a better, whose run was better, Rusev WWE or Rusev AEW?
2: Rusev WWE took a while, but like let 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 me, let me get to the same point with Rusev's WWE run when he's like, let's get because what Rusev was in NXT for what a couple of years, and then he went up in the main roster for a little while.
1: But the problem <sighs> is that if I broke Rusev up into seven or eight different characters like they like to do in the games. Each one of them individually is better than Miro. The original Rusev, Miro there were no shoes. But yeah, even if, so let's just take each version of him and put him up against, how long's Miro been there? Like two months?
2: Yeah, somewhere around there.
1: Every two months of Rusev was better than the two months that AEW's had. The, the old one that had no, no fucking shoes, there was like, he wore like a, like a caveman thing and he had no shoes that came out with Lana. Even before Lana, he came out with somebody else first I forget who, that version was better Then the version after that Where he started talking and become more Americanized That version was better Rusev Day with Aiden English was better Rusev Day with Lana was better Rusev Day without Aiden English or Lana was better And then Rusev Day fighting Bobby Lashley And getting divorced was better The divorce was better than the fucking wedding that's coming up Like, I don't know The more that I look at it, the more that I see it It's just kind of like, it goes to show that they're not good at building, building talent either
2: I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just can't compare two months of Miro versus all those years of the year to Rusev. Because for me, Rusev died once the fucking Lashley thing happened because there's no reason that fucker should be losing to Lashley in that fucking garbage angle. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But we're, we're just going to have to see what happens with this thing. Cause
1: but Rusev had a strong w- two months, right? When he came out in NXT, right?
2: Yeah, right. I think uh, what are you talking about when he first came out?
1: Yeah. Well, no, when he was in NXT, he, he was strong there. At the in NXT, and then when he came up, he stood strong, and he went on to beat John Cena, right, and become the United States champion for like he, a really long time. And then they uh, used he, to have he, li- he
2: didn't beat Cena for the U.S. title. He um he was the one who was losing the Cena, and then oh he blew. lost to Cena. So who did he win yeah. it from? God, I think it was it might have been Kalisto. The U.S. I don't title? remember who he beat for the U.S. title.
1: No, I think about it. Oh my god, there was a point where he was he became so hot, he was so white hot. That everyone was sure that the person that was going to come and beat his streak was going to be Kurt Angle, since the whole thing was him having the U.S. title. We thought that like an everybody, is American, an American come. gimmick. You know what I mean? Like nothing like that has even come close. All he does is play video games with freaking Kip Saban. You know, it feels like freaking uh, he's going to marry Kip Saban, not 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 Penelope Ford. Explain to me, and I hate to say this, and I hate to sound like this, but this is the reason why I kind of feel like I miss old school wrestling bookers. You know. Call me old school, but I want old white men to sit by the pool to, to, to write my wrestling. Because how the fuck do you have an angle about a wedding? And when you're doing the backstage segments, the hottest piece of ass eye candy that's on the screen is all the way in the background in every shot. And you got the two, the two guys, the two best friends literally talking about the wedding. Like all his wedding planning is with, is with, is with the guy and the, and the girl's just in the fucking background. You don't want to see more Penelope Ford? I don't give a shit what video games Rusev plays during this. Or Miro, sorry. So we're not getting to see Miro be tough. We're not getting to see Penelope Ford and Kip Saban, who actually have good gimmicks as heels, and she's a good piece of eye candy, do anything. We're just getting to see them play video games and shit. <sighs> but I digress.
2: Basically, bottom line, Jr. has a point.
1: Jr. has a sorry, point. To give to me. And and honestly, AEW is not the only ones getting heat because that brings us to the next part of the story. Which is that apparently in WWE, Vince McMahon kind of feels that there are people in in the current roster that are not performing to what he feels is professional ability. He feels like they need to hone their craft a little more, if you will. I only just heard whispers of this. I'm kind of reading over it as I'm talking to you guys. But we're hearing that from PW Insider. Vince told Keith Lee, Daba, Daba Kato, Otis, Dio Madden, and almost. To go brush up on their skills. Interesting. That's an interesting choice. Let me see how I feel about this. I don't know
2: this. if I used the words interesting.
1: So I heard directly that the problem with Otis is that people don't feel he's safe. I don't know exactly what the specifics of that would be. Did he stiff somebody? He hurt somebody? Otis looks all right. Maybe he's bumping harder Otis than it looks Otis is one out of the there. safer
2: guys I've seen in there.
1: Well, you don't know how it feels. just because it looks safe. It might not be. But, uh, that's what I'm hearing the problem is with Otis. With, uh. With Keith Lee? What happened with Keith Lee?
2: See, that 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 run right there discredits any opinion.
1: Keith Lee? Keith fucking Lee. Weren't they the ones that just did a documentary about how he learned to become a great wrestler? The whole story was a, was a climb to fame and shit, right?
2: Fucking unbelievable. I refuse did, to believe Vince Otis watch...
1: hurt anybody when Keith Lee is on this list. Did Vince watch the documentary that his company made? No! Someone sent him the link to the fucking documentary. The to... You know, you got a point, George, because they used to do that back in the day when Vince wanted the movies to say they would send him to the fat farm essentially. Wait a minute, are they all big guys here? They are, right? You Except for Almost.
2: Vince, Why is he
1: just now complaining about that?
2: Yes, yeah, see, see, once you get to Almost and then Dio Madden, he can't use that excuse now because clearly neither of those two, matter of fact. Otis works his weight. So, I mean, Otis's weight is half the part of his comedy. Keith Lee. We know that is not... Keith Lee, they threw a shirt on him for no reason. And it's like, what? And it's like what what work does almost need to work on? He sits on the side of the ring. Do you not like the way he sits? And then George, if he if he likes his guys to look a certain way, Dio Madden looks that way. So what's the problem?
1: Maybe he has big plans for these guys, so he wants to make sure they're completely polished.
2: If he had big plans for Dio Madden, Dio Madden wouldn't be in fucking
1: retribution. Oh, if he wanted the retribution guys? Yeah. Oh, he's really? uh
2: he's the big one with the dreads.
1: Oh, Ballsack? I remember him.
2: <laughs> he fucking like mace or whatever his tits is. Wow.
1: Holy
2: <laughs> shit. You don't know, you I ref- you you don't tell me somebody has big plans when they're in the job or faction. No. Holy crap. There's literally no logical way to make this shit make sense.
1: So Shane Helms apparently made a statement saying players that make it to the NBA, NFL, NHL don't stop practicing and drilling just because they made it to the quote-unquote top. Being signed to a major promotion doesn't mean stop trying to perfect your craft. That's when you work even harder to perfect your craft. So it could be a case of that if you look at it that way, right?
2: Oh, well, fucking Helms has got that contract. and don't want to fuck it up. Because <laughs> it's like, look at everything Keith Lee does. We have seen Keith Lee do this forever. It's the reason they signed Keith Lee. What Keith Lee got to work on? Otis has been doing the same shit he's been doing since NXT. Ain't nobody said shit. What Otis got to work on. Almost still stands there and looks menacing. I don't know what he could work on. Dio does a good job of just being retribution and just swinging shit everywhere and throwing his dreads all over the place. I don't know how he could work on that. Like, the longer I go down this list, the less shit makes sense. Whereas you got freaking Riddick Moss over here who almost killed a Tommy and then dumped Johnny Gogano in his head, but he ain't on this list? As somebody who needs to get
1: to work on. Well, Wrestling Observer newsletter is reporting that Vince McMahon threw a fit, quote unquote threw a fit, about the working ability of the big guys that are now on the main roster. So he apparently he was watching the big guys in the company, and something about the way they work made him throw a fit. So it wasn't just like he said that they need a little work. He was pissed off. And uh, now they have to do two classes per week with Adam Pierce and Drew Gulak as the instructors. Oh, You know how many people in the Indies would give everything that they have, including the car that they sleep in, to be able to work with Drew Gulak and Adam and and freaking Adam Pierce, not for nothing. So I mean, on on one hand, that's one hell of a great punishment. You know, can anything negative come from them working with Adam Pierce and Drew Gulak?
2: They can all talk about how great they actually work together. It'd be wonderful. Yeah, but I mean, nothing bad can come of this. You know, it's just like there's people in that company that actually need work that they could do this shit for I'm not saying nothing good could come from it but it's like all this time y'all could be figuring out how to actually give Keith Lee a competent fucking main roster run
1: maybe nothing instead good of can having come from a job
2: it. and every tom dick and larry in that fucking locker room
1: maybe nothing good can come from it though. think of it that way
2: yeah, except like time I, wasted
1: like when i'm playing an rpg i'm leveling the characters that i'm using you know what I mean? Fuck everybody else who's in but the, that's gonna in the But that's actually going to go somewhere. That's what I'm saying. Like
2: You can actually he, get stronger. But
1: that's what I'm saying. He's probably not sending people there that he thinks, in a sense, might, I hate to say them. he might think certain people, let's take Nia Jax, for example. Fuck, I got to throw somebody in the bus. Maybe he really feels like, you know, why didn't you send Nia Jax? She's hopeless. I feel like I'm going to waste my resources and send her dumbass there. I'm not saying that. I'm saying she's dumbass. But I'm saying this could be a perspective. I'm not gonna send her dumbass there. And she—how many times are we gonna give her time? on do the same shit. She's always in the performance center. And she does the same shit. And like that could be his attitude toward it. Like why? Why send people who are hopelessly shitty? Problem is, I don't remember the last time he ever sent her to the performance center. Oh, Naya's been back to the performance center very, very often. She's been there. She, she, she actually always stops across there whenever she comes back from one of her sabbaticals. As a matter of fact. Yeah, she's constantly in there. She's they, they, she's she's all performance centered out at this point. You know, yeah, I can see a logical reason sending her there. It's just but, like... but that's what I'm saying. Like if I had a company like this, and they're picking up bad habits because there are people around them that are doing the wrong thing, I'm probably gonna g- gather a few of my guys that I'm gonna keep on TV, and I'm gonna throw them over there. I'm not gonna send somebody there who I'm already given up on. You know, so I mean, it could be looked at as a, as a good sign. You know,
2: yeah, we can
1: hope. <laughs> Everybody
2: else can hope. I gave up hope.
1: <laughs> you got to look at the logic of it. When you, I get it. You want him to be a ranger, but he might be being trained to be Lord Commander. You know, you got to look at it that way.
2: Because it's like I mean, it's just one of those things where I look at it, it's like with everything Keith Lee does. Like I, I, I can't, I can't even envision sitting in a situation where it's like you know you could do better at this. And I'm like the motherfucker's 340 pounds and hits moonsault's better than some cruiserweights. What is there to improve on,
1: sire? Well, you'd be surprised, man. look at look at any look at any wrestler that you've ever seen that's gone through like a ten to fifteen year career. And the answer is literally almost everything about them's improved. Almost everything about anyone that you can name that's had a long run has always looked better as they've gone along. Even when you thought they were at their best, they hadn't even skimmed the surface yet. Like dude, I remember thinking, by WrestleMania 13 that I had seen everything that Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart can ever do. It was just like, yep, that's it. That's the greatest matches. Shawn Michaels will never be able to have better matches than he has had. And then the man came out of retirement like four or five years later and had better matches than even those where everything was even better than it used to be. You know, so it's like there are times that the people just naturally look at Randy Orton. I thought that Randy Orton was one of the best looking wrestlers appearance wise and execution of move wise when I saw him. Ever, like in his first couple of times. And that Randy Orton looks like shit next to the one that we have now. People may not like the way they use him or the way they book him, but if you're talking just the fundamentals of wrestling, this Randy Orton makes Randy Orton of even 2018 look like dog shit, let alone 20-fucking-8, 2008 or whatever, you know? So a lot of these guys, I I think with Keith Lee, you're going to see a great Keith Lee in the future.
2: I would hope so, because if he comes out and Keith Lee hasn't changed, Somebody Dude. in there need to get canned. It's going to be fantastic,
1: I promise. Look at Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's a better example. Look at him. Braun Strowman because was you know all dopey and doughy when he first came here. He, he was a dopey, doughy, gooey guy. We never even thought that we would use somebody like that in anything relevant. Look at the fucking stone Braun Strowman. I'm sure they didn't book him correctly, but if you were to look at just the way he fights, the way he moves, the way he sells, the way his physique is now cut and shit. The guy, he's come a long way from that other Braun Strowman. And see,
2: the thing about it is the consistency I'm noticing there... Vince didn't tell him to get in that shape Braun wanted to get in that fucking shape Oh I'm when sure Sean Vince had something to do when, with when, it when, when, when Sean and Brent got better That's because Sean and Brent wanted to Fucking get better if Keith Lee wants To get better Keith Lee will get better
1: I promise you that Vince had something to Do with Braun's shape. shape I promise you That they told him to get in better shape there's no Way they didn't and that and that fat guy in the street Proffers, he, hes He's gotten better too he's in better shape They told him to
2: it just bothers me It's like why are you throwing a fit with guys that are just Probably some of your biggest fucking attractions like that's the part that bothers me throwing a fit you throw a fit when somebody gets hurt you throw a fit when somebody Goldberg is their way through a match but it's like they just been doing the same shit they've been doing
1: maybe he didn't throw a fit specifically a fit. at them maybe he threw a fit at the people responsible for honing their craft
2: or maybe the people booking this shit because I mean for god's sakes like it's, the guy was a dual champion in NXT and now he's what jobbing a fucking Tweedledee and Tweedledum now tonight like I I, Mel, I, according I, I to Dave Mel he to the logic I think
1: according to Dave Melsa he said that this decision isn't really being viewed as a demotion but that the company wants people to be ready for pushes and that they have all uh, and you know that's pretty much it but that Vince does think that none of these guys know how to work uh and uh, apparently one of the reasons why this is happening again this is the speculation it does sound like it has a bit of truth to it just based on the what we know is going on internally. But it sounds to me, and I'm just obsessing this from the different dirt that I read, is that at some point, Bruce Pritchard went to Vince McMahon and told Vince McMahon that uh, the way NXT trains wrestlers is extremely shitty. And Bruce Pritchard has a high influence in Vince's ear. And it sounds to me, just based on the different stories that I'm seeing, that Vince heard Bruce Pritchard say that the way NXT trains is shitty. And Vince kind of went, yeah, it is shitty. And now it's shitty So now he's looking at people who came from NXT Under a microscope And he's seeing things That are or may not be there But uh, yeah because I, I do see a story on here About how Bruce Prichard has recently been Really critical of NXT towards Vince And then a few days later you hear a story Where Vince is sending everybody who is from NXT To the fucking performance center So I feel there's a correlation Within these stories about what's going on here Don't self Anybody who's in NXT Stay there don't come yeah. up. Well, it's too late now because if he's already be, shitting on NXT, he's probably going to be what looking fuck? there next. You know?
2: Might be the most back-ass word of opinion ever. Yeah, yeah, Bruce. Adam Cole was trained so shitty. But you can tell be, that be, even be though, him
1: was ass before she came out, Bruce. But as much as they're saying that it's not a demotion, on the on the flip side of things, we're going into TLC this Sunday and they didn't use Keith Lee at all. Like, he's exactly. not on the card. I'm Someone could have been on the card.
2: opinions on him going back to PC? See, the problem with it is they'll have these logics that sound good on paper and then instantly contradict them. Keith Lee, the only dual NXT champion in that company's history, not on TLC, he's what, he's got, he's what, won two out of like eight matches that just come up? Like, what? (laughs) Like, their logic just contradicts all their decisions. Because, first of all, Bruce do knows fuck all about training in NXT. All right, you stick to there. You stick to being red in your white suit, going "I love you." Don't sit there and try to tell people in NXT how they're supposed to work. All right, that kills me right on the spot. I'm like, that, N- N- right, that guy of all things can't tell nobody how to work. But it's like, what? <laughs> their logic baffles me because it's like there's so many holes to poke. It is like I I don't I don't get it.
1: I'll never get it. Sometimes. Well, the most I can say is don't count them out yet. No, I'm kidding. Two fucking lines.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I knew somebody was going to get it in. And it was just a matter of.
1: But apparently, what's being said is that it's very important to them that these matches look authentic. These matches are believable, and these matches have a certain finesse to them. And to further uh, to further that point, they have basically decided that at some point they want to get back to Roman Reigns versus Bill Goldberg. Of fucking horse. Because we all know because he doesn't want to see Bill. Center fucking apparently this is a a plan for uh roman reigns they want to have roman reigns hold the title onto wrestlemania so that he can fight goldberg this april i'm not even making this up i know some people probably legitimately think that there was a joke somewhere in here but no, not not at all not at (laughs) all the plan right now they want to run this one back they want to have roman reigns hold the title so he could face goldberg and mania roman i ain't never asked you for much Remember, that's how this whole thing started, was it was going to be Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, and then the pandemic happened, and we wound up with Braun Strowman versus Goldberg, and then everything just went crazy. Now, since they're trying to get back together, we're headed back to where we were. Let's not forget where we were. It was last year around this time we were talking about Goldberg versus Roman. So... Where once again, it won't be the first time either. Think about how many cool things Goldberg's run. Remember when Kevin Owens was on that white hot run as the world champion, he was the universal champion. And then, champion. They, just shit and on then it. they just had him coming one day and shit on it, and then they had Goldberg champion and, and, and fucking Kevin Owens never recovered. So far every time someone's been on like a really long title run that's had a really interesting, compelling story, Goldberg's come and speared them out of it.
2: <laughs> Roman, I ain't never asked you for much. But I'm gonna need you to unplug Grandpa's life support. All right, put this fucker down.
1: The only reason why I think this would be a great WrestleMania match is because with the way WWE's been shitting on everything, the fans love when this happens as the main event at Mania. People are literally gonna be at the edge of their seats, shitting themselves for this one because they're gonna be AEW so will scared. Be
2: at one million every week.
1: Even ever. even the motion of the attempted spear in the corner, where he's 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 revving up for the spear. People are gonna be shitting themselves. They're gonna think this is it. I never thought I would see the day that everyone's going to be clenching so hard for Roman. (laughs) Like, think about where we are now. Like, this is it. That's going to be the most excited that the world's ever been since the fucking pandemic, as a matter of fact.
2: (laughs) See, you, you know what this little screenshot we have up on the screen tells me right now? What? I can't trust this company on people who need to go back to the PC. Because if there was a definition of not being able to work, he's bald and with a gray beard, kids.
1: Here's what I want, if this has to happen. I want a long crazy match and at the end of it and at the end of it I want them to both go for the spear but I do want Goldberg to hit and take Roman down and then hit him with the jackhammer carefully if possible and then kick out to a close three just so he kicked out of all of Goldberg's shit to put him over and then I want Roman to go over and then I want to fuck him up with a chair like he did everybody else and then go back to talking about how he's the head of the table and like even this guy couldn't do shit about him and then just brush him along if that's what's going to happen, great like, if this is just another thing, and he's just showing Jay, you know, like, Jay's just standing there with, like, this sad look in his face, and he's like, you see him, and he's pointing down to Goldberg's corpse, and he's like, you see this guy? Even this guy, pow, from WCW, pow, couldn't do shit, pow, you know? Like, if that's the thing, and he's just showing Jay Goldberg's body on the floor, I'm all for it, you know? So,
2: the, the, one, the one tweak I'm going to have to make to that is, um make sure you have, like, four or five people that hold him up with that jackhammer, because Grandpa can't do it anymore. Give him wires. There you go. There you go. Get get like some wires up on his feet so he holds vertical. So Goldberg yeah, exactly. doesn't somehow I
1: mean, to drop him on his head like he's done everybody else since he's been maybe, back. Maybe just have Goldberg wire the whole time. Fuck it. Make him fight like in Power Rangers Jungle Fury.
2: There you go. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. CGI the hell
1: out of him. <laughs> everything in that show was all wire food. That's what we we'll do. We have Goldberg Jungle Fury. Here comes the Power Rangers Jungle Fury. CGI the <laughs> holy tip out of Goldberg. Are you kidding me? He'll be wired up,
2: he can do the spear off the top rope. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now. You want a surefire way for me to become the biggest Goldberg, Mark? You let him spear fucking Peepaw
1: out of his shoes at WrestleMania.
2: Like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah, but it won't be the first time. That, they, they probably want to do this to Trophy. Remember that time that uh CM Punk lost to the people's elbow? <laughs> After surviving everything else he'd been through. And that one kid, what's his name? The one that had the angry grandpa. He was watching and he raged out. He threw his fucking belt on the floor and shit. Oh my god! And his girlfriend's like, "Michael, stop!" You know that guy I'm talking about. He's famous on YouTube. He's a fat oh, yeah. guy. It's like he threw his world title and he smashed his ring, his toy ring and shit. <laughs> You're gonna yeah, have I a lot of toy headphones. ring smashing. WrestleMania 37, man. Run it back. Oh, and he, and also we're hearing that they're gonna do Edge versus Randy Orton again. There.
2: Is this one gonna be
1: half the length? How about this one being in the ring instead of having like a freaking? oh you what been the, the Last Man Standing
2: oh, match on the PC?
1: Yeah, I don't want this to be another fucking. Edge and Randy Orton and River City some 3. You know, just put them in the ring. No fighting on top of cars and with bells and with spike bats and garbage cans and picking up apples. Just. And
2: don't qual- and, and don't give it some stupid ass name, like the
1: greatest wrestling match ever. That was so dumb, right? This is going to be the greatest wrestling match that, ever. I'll
2: tell you, that ruined that match for me. Because every second I was like, this isn't the greatest. This isn't the greatest. This nope. isn't the greatest. speed was cool, but not the greatest. That ain't the greatest.
1: Exactly. If you're gonna have something called the greatest, at least wait for Goldberg and Roman to get their match going. That'll be the greatest.
2: It'll be the greatest fucking three count. Everyone fucking peep all goes after.
1: Yeah, so everyone's angry apparently because I also see here Jonathan Coachman got into a fight with somebody over Twitter about WWE's creative. What the fuck? God, i haven't heard
2: about culture forever holy shit
1: what is what is this let me see if i could uh dave Schilling is the person who he uh who he was talking about mm-hmm. oh my god yeah this is about the talent and the writers and uh good lord they go back and forth for a while here he said that uh so vince mcmahon approves every single one of these uh promos they aren't scared of the writer that's for sure so first, so first coach says talent is scared to death that they'll get in trouble if they change one word of a promo. Do you think that the rocker Steve Austin took a promo from a 23 year old writer and said, yep, I will do this word for word. And if you can't talk, you have no shot of getting over hashtag practice. And then uh, that's when this guy, Dave Schilling says uh Vince McMahon approves every single one of these promos. They aren't, they aren't scared of the writer. That's for sure. And then Coachman replies, oh, my bad, Dave. I should have asked you instead of my 10 years of experience and someone who literally cut hundreds of promos on TV and at house shows. But please educate me, shaking my head. And then Schilling said, Oh, sorry. Does he not approve every single word of every script? News to me. And if I'm wrong, you're implying that Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman is afraid of a person who's getting fired in three months anyway. The workers have, the workers have to do as they're told, period. That's not the writer telling them what to do because the writers have no power. And then Schilling went on to say, It was literally the hardest job of my life, partly because we get blamed for everything when we all just try to do our best to, to serve the talent. But the talent hates us for things that we, that were totally out of our control. Talent loves to be patronizing towards the writers who bust their ass to get them over under incredibly difficult circumstances. And uh and then he says, uh this tweet implies that WWE hires kids out of college to write their TV when the reality is every single writer is a seasoned professional. So uh then coach goes on to say, Have you ever uh worked in for WWT for WWE and TV or do you get your information from dirt Sheets? I'm gonna guess dirt Sheets. And then uh this guy goes on to say, Coach, I can assure them none of the actual writers are twenty three. So, uh, yeah, a lot of finger-pointing going on. Is it creators' fault? Is it talent's fault? Do they need to go back to the Performance Center? Do the writers need to go to the Performance Center? What's happening here? No one's happy anywhere. Anywhere. It's not just AEW. <laughs> it's not just WWE. Everybody's pointing fingers. <laughs> it was you. It's a rough time to be in the wrestling business. Yeah. All right, well, another other news, Snoop the Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog. Uncle Snoop. Uncle Snoop. It is all elite. Because uh according to Dave Meltzer, he said Snoop Dogg's gonna be doing commentary for AEW during the New Year's Smash event. <laughs>
2: I'm excited.
1: So uh
2: you know what the bad part of it is I'm excited because all those times to play in knockout mode on UFC and putting his commentary up there. Mm-hmm. And then the fucking the boxing fights too. Yeah. You know, Snoop don't give a shit, Snoop just say like, whatever comes to mind.
1: Yep, and apparently, according to Brian Alvarez and Wrestling Observer, he said that there are people in WWE who are not happy at all about AEW getting Snoop Doggy Dogg. Do you believe that?
2: I, I wouldn't be surprised. You think they, that get un- pit- they, they get unhappy with AEW for kicking their own ass or something? Like AEW supposed to give a shit what they think?
1: Yeah, there was speculation. Remember, um, Snoop Dogg and Undertaker had that combined line of clothing together. Apparently yeah. it no longer exists on WWE's website But before everybody goes jumping to conclusions Apparently that was a special line that was only available Until December 6th and it was taken down
2: Yeah that was, a, that was a temporary line
1: Right so it's it not was because, one of those
2: get them while they're there
1: So it's not because they saw Snoop and then they just took revenge
2: Timing Lined up kind of funky but no that, Oh that come on be.
1: you guys just want to hate these, this company huh
2: You know what it is I mean even I know they, they ain't that stupid Because let's be real this company loves money They ain't passing up money like that but
1: you're, you're all starting to sound like AMC Rick Grimes when you first got to Alexandria. You know, like you're looking into closets bullshit, uh, you're looking under bed, you're looking into the refrigerator. You fight or you die. You even look you even look into the little bottom drawer of the refrigerator. <laughs> just in case you're not convinced. <laughs> until you even check the little <laughs> bottom drawer, make sure nothing's funny in there.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I don't believe that they took those things down just because Snoop left. I do believe that they're probably pissed at Snoop because they think you belong to us. And it's like, motherfucker, this is Snoop Doggy Dog. You ain't gonna tell him.
1: Imagine they take back Sasha's music. They don't want him to use Snoop music.
2: Oh, they they, they you don't know probably One, he's surprise me.
1: just give her back the old music. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. It's unless it's owned by the CFO dollar sign guys. I like a CFO, mm-hmm.
2: That's real shit when I call him in my real life too. Like I don't even try to fucking
1: So uh we are hearing that Lars Sullivan has not been back to SmackDown. Does that mean that he's been no showing, or that they have not told him to come to work? Yeah, that's that's a good question
2: because are going to be two completely different results depending on
1: which one it is. According to Ringside News, they said that he hasn't been around SmackDown in recent weeks, but there but there's no there's no plans to to do anything with him in the immediate future. He hasn't even been showing up. They were told that those backstage at SmackDown have not seen him, and that his last appearance was on November sixth. Uh, the same time that Snoop's line of clothes disappeared, huh? Maybe he stole all of Snoop's clothes and left. Oh my god. Look at that. He's was that the same thing oh, shit with Snoop's clothes. Wow, he he broke out with Snoop's clothes. Yeah, so he he that was the last time that he was seen. He did that sit down interview, that creepy ass sit on interview. And then that was it. Motherfucker's like gonna be Mitch Doggy Dog. Listen, I enjoy doing this show. This show, <laughs> this, this show is fantastic. <laughs> I can't believe you went there. <laughs> i enjoy doing this show this show is fantastic and i think destin's comment that kind of solidified where i was about to go with this but uh i don't even think we deserve to have a show like this if they can ever get that guy over that's how certain i am that this is a hopeless situation whether they decide to bring him back and push him really hard or not number one on the top of my list he's extremely fucking weird And it's not just because of the stuff that happened. He sounds weird. He looks kind of strange. He is uncomfortable. He would have to be a psychopath forever. You could never turn somebody like that face. There's no fucking way. He is just an uncomfortable, creepy dude. Number two reason is because he has a lot of documented and proven derogatory, racist, sexist, and homophobic stuff all over past social media, not Man, just not a little about
2: bit that, like hogan make racism that tons the-
1: of blatant nasty racism number three because we always forgive people for stuff after time at least here number three even though that stuff was from years ago a homophobic racist guy was then revealed to have homosexual porn think about that for a minute here The guy who shitted all over homosexuals just had a porn that was out there. Never told anyone that he was working with. I don't know how the company doesn't want to bash his face in for that shit. And it's not like it was a leaked video like with Page or any of these other people. No, this is literally, he did a porn, a fully produced porn with a logo and shit. So there's nothing wrong with that. The problem here is that now who who's on his side now? He shitted on everyone that basically uh he shitted on gay people and was in gay porn and then so it's like he he met, he said shit negative about stephanie well, not really negative but sexual about her remember like he's he's yeah, like literally he said stuff bad about everybody and he's not good enough to try to salvage who will try to keep this guy around what would be the benefit there's no way he's ever going to get over i'll stop watching if this fucking guy ever gets over that's why i'm putting my chips in my literal career of doing this shit depends on if they can ever get this motherfucker over. That's how certain I am that there's no hope. This is a brick and, and wall, that's fellas. as a
2: heel or a face.
1: As anything. This is, is a brick wall here. A
2: big chin brick
1: wall. Yeah.
2: We now have the answer to why the long face. How even take it further? Not even just here. Once they release him, he's not getting over anywhere else. You hear that impact? He gets over there, you have fucked it up for everybody. Yep, even over there. Cause we know how y'all like to put shit. Y'all like put weird shit over. So yeah. You got a murder mystery going on right now. Like, I don't want
1: know. It just wasn't meant to be. There are certain things in the world that weren't meant to be. When you have something that has that many problems, you know, like that many problems, he has all of the problems. Then he left because he was having a panic attack. No shit, you're having a panic attack. One day you probably dawned upon. You had a moment to contemplate to yourself and you went, oh, shit, I have all of the problems. <laughs> that's what happens. That's how that's usually the general cause. And most people like to talk about it's not that you need any kind of meds. It's that you came to a revelation. Maybe you took a good hit of a joint. Who knows? But you had this moment of clairvoyance, if you will. An epiphany, as some would call it, where you, my friend, went, oh, shit. I don't just have some of the problems. I don't just have a few problems. I have all of the fucking problems.
3: And you freaked
2: out. I get it. And, and, and in the case of potheads, you call that doobie panic. You know, you shit
1: it on black people, which, by my, my experience, there are a lot of, you know, <laughs>
3: Why are you fucking worried that <laughs> <laughs> you said that shit like you're fucking pokeball. there's a lot of black people out
1: there. you know what I mean, there's a lot, like I don't know, how would you not have a panic attack, like if I just went somewhere and I blatantly shitted all over black people, I'm pretty sure my next instinct would be to be scared I've, I've now pretty much limited my mobility <laughs> once like, I did that you a know Amazon Prime motherfucker, cause I can't go many places now yeah
2: <laughs> You know, the grocery sort of, store, somebody gonna run your shit though. that's what I'm
1: saying so it's like yeah I get it you had a panic attack you wrote a lot of bad shit about black people that's like in public then you wrote shit about gay people which there's also a lot of then you wrote shit about people in the actual locker room that you're in right now, hey, right you know, now. and they're in there too and there's a lot of them you gonna be lucky if they just make you dress in the hallway I'm amazed they got this guy to come back after that shit you think that he would have just gone into hiding after that so yeah I totally get it but he did it to himself how do you go from that there's always, uh, they always say you believe in second chances and it's never too late and all that, but someone's going to have to tell me what it is that this guy would have to do to be able to recover from that shit. Because I don't even know where to begin. That would be a long road to recover. You'd have to hope that people have the memories that they had in the latest Star Wars sequel trilogy where they just don't even remember that the Jedi were a real thing. Han Solo has to say, yeah, that was all real. <laughs> the gay porn, the homophobicness, that's the, the, the racism. <laughs> It was all real. And then they have a hard close in on Tonto Solo's face where everyone goes, it's all real. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really, I hate to be that negative, but I'm really confident that this guy's never going to get over. That's why he's not in this batch of people it's who were sent we back down to the, the performance case. center.
2: It's being realistic.
1: Yeah, like I said, that's why he's not in the batch of people Keith Lee going to performance center. They don't want to waste their money. They got to pay Adam Pearson, Drew Gulak, to train people. That's resources being used to get these people better. They don't think this guy is going to be anything. And the proof is the fact that they sent people down to me is a perfect time to send anyone down that you're not using. And they didn't send him anywhere. He's gone. So they already know he's a done deal. All right, let's move on from him. Hopefully, I kind of hope that he would have never came back. And he did.
2: He did. Yeah, He didn't.
1: There was no nobody missed him. And nothing changed when he came back. So apparently, Ring of Honor sent out a press that Bandito, Flamita, EC3, and Kenny King are not going to be at Final Battle. Which Final Battle? When is that exactly? That's this upcoming Friday. Uh, December? yeah, it's upcoming Friday, December eighteenth. So, yeah, okay. So yeah, we'll be we'll be covering Final Battle. Don't worry about that, guys. Don't forget to check it out. But apparently, um, EC3, Flamita, Bandito, and Kenny King are not going to be at Final Battle. Um this is the result of pre-travel testing and that all four of them are doing well and resting at their home. Is that like a, is that like a very cordial way of saying that they tested for the cove? You know what I mean? Because kind of like all four of them are not going to be at a pay-per-view that they were scheduled for because it's a result of pre-travel testing, which means that they were tested before they went to travel. And now they're instead resting at home leads me to believe that they caught the couve. Wow. I
2: so badly right to write that as the title. They caught
1: the couve that is that sucks man that, yeah that is
2: because i mean final battles like it's almost like it's it's, it's hard to say because ring of honor has several pay-per-views that could almost be like a wrestlemania-esque but final battle is one of the big ones
1: it is the big one it's hard to believe like, that we're going to be approaching it going into friday you know
2: like think about it final battle is the pay-per-view that jay Lethal became world champion Final battles, yep. is the pay-per-view where Jay Briscoe and Adam Cole almost killed each other in a fight, in fight without honor ending a two-year feud. Mm-hmm.
1: So that is going to have to make some adjustments. And I haven't seen this week. So actually, I took a couple weeks off from it to catch up on, to follow Kenny Omega all over the fucking wrestling loops that he was going on. So I plan on covering uh, the final battle along with uh, the last couple of Ring of Honor, which would only be four extra matches anyway. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what they're going to do. I don't even think they have an established card yet. So even if we wanted to, we I don't think we could have thrown a poll together, right?
2: Yeah, I don't know the yeah, the car, I don't think the card is like locked down yet.
1: Yeah, it's like gets, every match is set. Up. If something gets solidified, which I doubt, um, we'll we'll put it together. But I really don't think it's necessary. Just watch the pay per view this Friday. We'll cover it on Monday.
2: You yeah. Know. To my memory, that's how we've always kind of done the ROH ones. Like,
1: oh no, we've done a few. Uh, well, no, we, unless it's like special fun. occasions, like we've done a few. As a matter of fact, I believe episode eight maybe even earlier of talk brunch the entire episode is a final battle uh post show as a matter of fact i believe final battle 2014 or 2013 is its own episode nice so yeah it it changed it depends on what was happening at the time because the wrestling landscapes changed over the years so uh but unfortunately that's not the only issue with ring of honor because we also know well it has uh, it is actually one of the main issues with ring of honor is is having that, but now we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the progression of the uh, of those storylines or angles. I don't know if it's going to affect anybody else as far as um uh, who they were in contact with. I guess time will tell as more details are released. On the other side of the spectrum, though, back in the land of the giants or the sub giants in this case of NXT, Bobby Fish apparently uh had his in his tricep injured and he went under surgery exactly one week ago to repair it. And, uh, they basically said, uh, that the, the, the injury was minor and there's no tear and he's going to be back within eight weeks. They said it was just a freak accident. And that the piece of the cage pierced his elbow and severed his tricep. So, uh, he'll be back. I notice he, se- he seems to always get injured in war games. I was about to say, I noticed he seems to always get injured. I feel like Bobby Fish is always sometimes injured.
2: Yeah, he's, a. Uh, I swear to yeah, God, there's some days where I wonder if he's held together by, like, bubble gum and
1: glue, because, holy
2: shit, <laughs> This one won't be as long as a recovery, though. He'll be back sooner than usual.
4: but
1: It's going to piss people off, but I'm starting to be convinced that now, especially in, in, in the way the wrestling landscape is, I don't think that uh, you're going to automatically see everyone from NXT go to Raw and SmackDown anymore. And I think Bobby Fish might be a case of that. Tommaso Ciampa might be a case of that. Gargano might be a case. Candice LeRae. Uh, I think that we now have what I've always said should be people that are established staples of NXT. And that's just that Yeah. right now, if that changes in the future and we get like a really flourishing wrestling landscape between the trifecta of the three brands, then whatever. But right now there's really no incentive to move anybody to broken brands.
2: Yeah. You don't need to like let NXT just have the people who are NXT and that that just be it. You can't get this brand the respect it needs if people are just getting moved over to the other show after a certain amount of time like somebody wins one title all right cool that's it for them send them off yeah like it's not like somebody wins the intercontinental title on smackdown and then they get moved over to the other show nxt the only place where it's ever worked like that And that's been nxt's problem
1: Hmm. yeah i see it that way too i get what you're saying but uh, at least this isn't something this major As far as him going, you know, but he has to do something about, uh, the fact that a lot of people that may not feel the way Bobby Fish does, like some people might want to move and I don't think that Bobby Fish would have the option. Anyone who's that injury prone, I think is going to be stuck there, you know?
2: Yeah, very true.
1: Uh, another person who got injured recently jumping across brands is, uh, Pentagon El Cero Miero. Yeah. He's injured. He got injured, um... Before AEW Dynamite Apparently according to Bodyslam.net He was taken to the back Because he had an injury to his leg But uh, he actually got the injury A few weeks ago when he was training And the spot where they had with the timekeeper's table Was used to take him off TV So that he could recover So just when we get freaking the death triangle back uh, Another one of the members Is gone
2: Yeah which is crazy because he even uh, Competed a triple mania with the same injury
1: Mm Mm-hmm. What this 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 past one, the one that just happened?
2: Yeah, triple me. He um there was a particular spot when we get into if we get time to talk about some of the stuff that happened there, there was a particular uh spot that was done to give him a little bit of time to kind of get off of that foot. Really? But he still finished the match.
1: Yeah, maybe we will have time. We'll see. Uh last bit of sad news, and I think you already know what this one is, is there was a passing in the uh in the wrestling world unfortunately and yep. it was a uh, tommy tiny lister as you guys AKA might know aka zeus mm-hmm.
2: or zeus. as us outside of the wrestling world know him debo from friday
1: debo zeus you name it he had passed away and Man, I... this one hurt yeah that sucks he was uh yeah. he was in no Holds Barred back in 1998 i mean sorry 1989 he was in uh he 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 was like a wrestler, obviously. He was in WCW, he was all over the place. You know?
2: Yep. Sixty two years old, I believe he was.
1: Mm-hmm. And apparently he caught the cove, is what we're hearing. It's what happened to him, cause of death.
2: Yeah. He'd been feeling uh really rough from it um days leading up to his passing.
1: Yeah. That that's pretty that's hard, man. It's hard when you hear about stuff like that.
2: Oh yeah especially when it's a case of like a person like this where somebody you grew up with like i saw the first friday when i was a kid and then i saw him in next friday and it's kind of funny it's not one of his more known roles but um anybody familiar with key and peel there was a particular bit where he made the appearance there like this guy's been all over the place
1: mm-hmm. yeah he sure has
2: yeah this one this one hit on multiple different platforms like you didn't even have to be a wrestling fan. This one hurt you.
1: It's impossible to have another Friday movie now. Like now the Friday you franchise can't is do dead. it.
2: Like there, like there's too much missing from it now. I mean, they managed to do. I think what was it, Friday after next. I don't. I don't remember if he was in that one, but yeah. Like you can't. It it won't be the same. The way they'd they had, could do it now. They'd have to
1: reboot it like they do everything else, and nobody wants that, right? Like
2: there had to be some kind of way where you make a killer like, hey, Debo ain't here no more, like.
1: Yeah, like I said, nobody needs them to have to do something like that.
2: Because you think about it, like what four people from the original Friday are gone now? Four. We lost. Yeah, we lost. Uh, pops.
1: Yeah, I know about that.
2: We lost. Uh, Zeus, the woman who played um, the girl who said she was Janet Jackson. Mm-hmm. I actually thought she died too. And really? the guy who played uh Red's dad. All four of them are dead.
1: Oh wow, that that's, so that's crazy. Four.
2: That's four from the original Friday that are all gone now
1: that is nuts well listen thoughts and prayers to everyone involved rest in peace mm-hmm. thank you for the entertainment 2020 is rough guys i get it 2020 is rough and uh with that we're going to uh we don't do this very often well, we're going to be taking an intermission here while we reset everything and set up and we're going to leave you guys with uh just a little entertainment during that intermission Before we jump into what's happening with the weeklies What's happening with our Kenny Omega's journey And with that we'll be right back See you in a bit
7: A C W. What happened to you One day it was barely legal. One day it was through Three letters changed my life I remember staying up all night. His and tits were shown. I had a smile and a bone. In a bingo home down in Philly. Yeah, brother, that was a city. On a corner, reenter Swanson things what they wanted. It all started in the NWA. Called it Eastern back in the day, but that sure didn't last too long when Gordon brought Polly along. Franchise for down the world title. Some might as well been a Bible Then came their first pay-per-view Let me tell you, boy, it was cool Barely legal was the name I'm telling you, shit was the same ECW shot off the moon Where I was wild and it flew Magazines and merchandise We all gladly paid the price I remember watching fan cams. Made me high, made me feel like a man ACW, What happened to you? One day it was hardcore heaven One day it was through Three letters changed my life I remember staying up all night Blood shed, tears for sure Had a smile and a bone Then came the deal with TNN It all sounded great But it was the beginning of the end But we kept watching As if it was fine But if you watched closely, brother You had to see the sign Cause Vinnie Mac is on the dough. ACW, their funds were low, but they kept doing all the no Boy, They kept running, running shows, running shows, running shows. On a cold January night down in Arkansas, it was time for ECW to fall. Bitty man tried to capitalize on three letters that changed the rhymes, but nothing will be the same as ECW back in the day. what happened to you? One day it was hardcore TV, one day it was through. Three letters changed my life, I remember staying up all night. His blood was shed and tits were shown, I had a smile and a bone.
8: Want to chat with the guys? Then be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. TalkBrunch.com. Served hot.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Elijah. Not Elias, Elijah Dobbs. It's so, a... <laughs> uh,
2: a, 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 as we were about to go to intermission, I, I started to go get up and refill my drink. <laughs> I get up for the first thirty seconds of that shit. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck am I now? I was like, "Wait, no! If I don't get up and get this shit now, I'll never leave."
1: you for the uh, contribution there Elijah You reached out to Talk Brunch He actually reached out months ago almost, I want to say almost 7-8 months ago via SoundCloud I don't always get to check all the messages Across all the platforms And uh, he wrote a bunch of wrestling songs And uh, you wanted me to Play some on here and I actually just got the chance To listen recently and they're awesome that was great. We're going to, we're going to make that a thing. We're going to, we have other ones we are going to be running on here. I'm going to link you guys to his uh, SoundCloud. It's going to be in the chat room and on our website and in the description of this episode, as well as he's going to be coming on. So he's going to be calling in at some point. We still have to arrange that. Uh, we're getting into the uh, new Bruncher season. There's actually a couple, uh, coming down the line. Elijah being the first who wants to, uh, I believe he wants to come on here and call in and shoot the shit and talk about wrestling and, his music and stuff like that, which will be awesome. And also uh, we're having another person. I'm not going to disclose too much about that, but the other one's a female and that is more for the uh, the gaming. I rebooted the gaming streams that are not on Mondays, the other days of the week. And uh, that's somebody who's going to be participating in regards to uh, that kind of stuff, co-op gaming, commentary, things of that nature.
2: And uh, Elijah, when you hear this, congratulations, smile at a bone, wrote it down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so... We got stuff coming up. You know, that's why sometimes we're busy. Sometimes we're late.
2: Should be happening.
1: Mm hmm. All right. So, I think we should talk about the weeklies. Make sure we. Weeklies! That way we don't run too far over here because that seems to happen to us sometimes. Uh, where should we even begin with this? Holy crap. I mean, I guess we start with, uh, we go in order. We'll make the most sense. Yeah. We start with, uh, which makes us have to start with Impact because we'll be going off the uh, Monday night to Tuesday. Impact Wrestling with, uh, Scott Damore tweeting out, saying, let the whole world know that after a rotten Monday night, you get back to a great night of action, starting with Impact on Access TV every Tuesday night. Oh, look at that. Everybody's getting cocky now, right? Not that everybody's friends with each other in the different wrestling companies. They'll just straight up call Mondays rotten.
0: <laughs>
1: look at that. That's nuts. Josh Matthews and Madison Rain opened the night, hyping it as the biggest night in wrestling history.
2: They said, suck it, Wrestle Kingdom.
1: It was not the biggest night in wrestling history. Spoiler alert. No, no, They, no, they made no. me watch impact. I got tricked into watching their bad product.
2: You picked a whole bouquet of oopsie daisies.
1: Yeah. But we did get some interesting stuff. One of the most interesting things that I found about it was the fact that uh, Tony Khan actually showed up on impact. Right. Who would have expected that? They apparently paid for commercial space just before Impact went on the air, kayfabe commercial space. And this is what we got. I'm going to link it to you guys.
9: The following announcement is paid for by All Elite Wrestling, home of AEW Dynamite,
8: last week's number one cable program. Here's the owner of AEW, Tony Khan. Thank you, Mr. Shivani. Hey, Impact Wrestling. It's great to be here tonight via this paid ad that's allowed me to join you. I understand the brand new AEW world champion Kenny Omega is going to be here on this show tonight, so I thought I would join him. If I wanted to stop it, Tony, I absolutely could. Yes, I know that. I could file an injunction. I could tell Kenny he's in breach of contract, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I thought I would actually help fund the show via this ad because I think it's going to help. It's going to help the budget. It's going to help the bottom line. And hopefully it helps promote AEW to have our champion on this show. The only thing I don't like about it is the way Kenny won the belt. It was a joke. It was disgraceful. It was terrible. It was terrible. John Moxley, the greatest champion in wrestling, he didn't deserve that. But let me tell you something. Don Callis, you're welcome to come with Kenny tomorrow too. In fact, Kenny, I know how you're arriving at the show. I handled it, I hand, you know, set up your arrival. We're more than happy to accommodate you. We're just really looking forward to seeing you, buddy. Tomorrow night, AEW Dynamite, tune in. We got a real big card with big main events, like Warren Cassidy versus MJF for the Dynamite Diamond, and Lance Archer and the Lucha Brothers versus Eddie Kingston, the Butcher, and the Blade. And I understand they have some tag teams here in Impact Wrestling, Tony. I've heard that. I've heard yeah. they have some. Well, you're going to see the greatest tag team in the world, the world tag team champions of the Young Bucks, taking on Jack Evans and Onelico. TH2 tomorrow night. The Young Bucks are the best. And let me tell you something, Tony, some of these teams around here, maybe I'll come check them out. In fact, I have some investments in Nashville, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, there's some rumors that I might even buy Impact Wrestling. You, You spent a cup of coffee in Impact Wrestling yourself, didn't you, Tony? Yeah, one night, and then I quit the business for 18 years. 2002. 2002. Well, I'm glad I brought you back, Tony. It was my pleasure. I'm thrilled to have you. I love you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Thank
1: you. That's buddy. savage. And
8: let me tell you something. Tomorrow night on Dynamite, you're going to see this guy, Tony Schiavone, talk to Sting. How long's it been since you talked to Sting? Oh, 20, 25 years. That's, yeah, absolutely. 25? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, it's going to be a great time. And, Kenny, I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. I can't wait to see what you have to say tonight. And, Don, like I said, you're welcome to stop by yourself. See you guys tomorrow.
1: That was interesting.
2: That motherfucker said I did it once and I quit the business for 18 years. That was savage, right?
1: That was the highlight of the whole thing.
5: Holy shit.
1: That was the highlight of the whole thing. Threw them under the bus. All in good, friendly competition. So uh, I'm not going over everything that happened with uh, AEW, honestly. Like, it's just not going to happen. But essentially what happens is Kenny Omega gets interviewed in the van. They call Josh Matthews an old Stanford stooge. This is essentially what Don Callis says. And uh, Omega even calls him Ambrose. Uh, and uh, and then Ome- when they ask Omega why he's there, he sort of implies that he's there for belt collecting. He basically says that he's collecting belts. Maybe he'll collect some of the TNA belts. They have nice belts. So uh, this sort of making it seem like, I don't know, is that a smart move for Don Callis? You brought this guy here. He's going to take all your belts. He could do it. That guy Ethan Page that you guys have that you love so much. He almost shitted pants when he heard AJ Styles music. I I saw it. (laughs) That thing went, get ready to fly. And he had to hold the rope. Did you see that? That's when you know somebody's scared. When he was so shook that he held on to the rope. Like he wasn't holding the rope till the music hit. And he had to hold it to hold himself up. His legs got weak when he heard that shit.
2: I tell you right now the funny thing is, speaking of reacting when we get to NXT, Tony Storm had his ass beat.
1: Oh God. All right. So uh apparently Impact did 221,000 viewers on Access TV. They were number 96 in the top 150 shows of the night. They had a point eight in the 18 to 49 demographic with 50,000 viewers on Twitch. Scott Demore said that it's hard to compare apples and oranges and some digital media provide better watch data than others. But we feel confident over 750,000 US-based fans watched the episode in the first 24 hours. And 1 million fans have clicked on various highlights we've put out on social media. So they're saying their combined views are like 700,000. I mean, I guess if you're going to pick everything from everywhere, sure. But it has nothing to do with the product that's the sad part exactly. about it. I just don't know why AEW thinks they're going to get anything from this. They barely get like over 200,000 fans. They're, they're,
2: they're probably not looking to get anything from this. other are just to help Impact.
1: And that's so generous because, you know, they should be helping themselves right now. Uh, At
2: this point, Impact needs more help from everybody else.
1: <laughs> Matt Hardy then went on to uh, put something on social media in regards to uh, the ratings, and this is what he had to say.
3: Hello. I would introduce myself But you all obviously know who I am already. There's been so much buzz this week in the professional wrestling industry. After Kenny Omega crossed over and exchanged brands, he ended up on Impact Wrestling. And it did very, very well from a viewership standpoint. He drew 221,000 viewers to their live show. And their live Twitch feed did 55,000 viewers. Quite impressive. You add that number together and you have 276,000 viewers. But did you know, in 2016, during the pop TV era of Impact Wrestling, the final deletion, which I created and headlined and innovated, did 410,000 viewers. And the company was legitimately going out of business. Now I just wanted you all to know that Matt Hardy truly is iconic. Moving the needle like that, and I am here to spit facts. There is so much misinformation out there. It's important for you all to know the truth is the truth.
1: Look at that final deletion. More successful than Kenny Omega. I guess it's well. by his logic. <laughs> so we're going in order here, which brings us across to AEW Dynamite. Dynamite. Gonna hit bullet points here. Young Bucks go over the hybrid too. Anything to say about that?
2: I mean, it was what you expected from those two. Two uh, high flying athletic teams.
1: Yeah, It was entertaining. The, mm-hmm. After the match, do you claim we're gonna attack? But SCU comes to the rescue and helps the Young Bucks. Sting is in the ring. Good old Sting. He gets to hug Tony Schiavone. He's like, come here, Tony. Gives them a nice emotional I love that hug. they had
2: like a genuine moment.
1: He, he, he got to do the It sting from all the different times this thing came out to rescue someone in, in Nitro he got to do the iconic it sting uh he explained to Cody that he's here for the long term and that uh it's funny because Cody was given the speech about how you know he's waited so long to be in the ring and then kind of sting was like I'm not really here for you not yet at least and then he says uh but he's here and how he's he, and how he plays his game is going to be his business. And then he gave the iconic Han Solo line in the Han Solo delivery and went, see you around, kid. And then just turned around and sort of left Cody sort of uh, baffled in the ring.
2: What I like about that versus the first time he spoke in WWE, there's no clear indication what he's going to do. Leave it vague. Whereas he went over in Triple H's face and was like, I'm coming to stop the authority. The authority will be stopped. The authorities run wild for two. It's just like just leave it vague. Just I mean, you if have to the, leave if it vague. if if the one thing that's sure about Sting is nothing for sure, leave it to where it's nothing for
1: sure. I mean, you have to leave it vague. The, the 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 heels didn't even stay in the ring long enough to know who he was after. They uh-huh. disappeared off screen. They popped out.
2: They they knew they knew that ass weapon was coming.
1: So, um, you had the Varsity Blondes who came out. Who are they again? One's Brian Pillman Jr. and the other one is uh, yeah, uh,
2: Riff Garrison. They've been uh teaming together a lot on AEW Dark. So they got a little first appearance on a uh, Dynamite, which freaking Brian Pillman Jr. made it. Damn it! Yeah, <laughs> he Brian... looks so much like his dad. It's creepy.
1: Yeah, it doesn't work like him though. Brian Pillman Jr. didn't seem to know where the hard camera was. The other dude had to like show him. Like as the match was starting, he had to sort of point. You literally see him when he's in his corner and the guy showing him where the hard camera is. He should really know where the hard camera is. That's really important. That's like step one. Yeah you'd get sent back to the performance center if you didn't know where the hard camera was. (laughs) Let's not talk about the thing you'd get sent down to the performance center for. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) So hangman is going to be teaming up with John silver and Alex Reynolds against private party and Matt Hardy next week. He finally agreed to it. They lured him in with the drinks last time. And now he's there and he agreed. He said, sure. Give it a run. Mm -hmm. Dustin got an offer to join the dark order.
2: Did you catch the Easter egg, though?
1: I did. I'm going to run it here, and then we're going to talk about it.
2: That was
4: dope. Hey, 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 Dustin, 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 I am not here to fight. I cannot change our past, but I can improve our future. Your legacy has gone through five generations, five decades. The wonderful Dustin Rhodes. But, your name comes with pressure. In fact, here alone, you are but the third most important roads. Wow. We can help you. Will you take your rightful place as Seven of the Dark Order? You know what, he doesn't want to be that number.
10: T- uh, Tony knows
2: <laughs> Tony couldn't stop himself
0: What do you say? Seven
6: No Come on then What's Dustin even thinking about? You know what's Right
10: How no! no, can he slap?
2: No! Back up,
4: When you see the light, when you understand what I understand,
1: you'll come begging for it. Oh, spooky! So, uh, George wants to know why seven.
2: Well. Seven is a very sp- seven is would you call it a special number for dustin Rhodes
1: unfortunately,
2: yeah It's, just, it's special but not in a good way basically um way back in w c w dustin Rhodes fact it's kind of funny if anybody remembers black rain for t n a is gonna be a kick but uh dustin Rhodes had a a dark gimmick that did not last very long, and it was basically known as seven yeah he wore all, he he had all white face paint. He had, what a black trench coat he glided to the ring for whatever reason
1: mm-hmm
2: and uh it's not notorious for how well the women how well the gimmick worked out
1: it uh it certainly is not it was actually very poorly received let me see if I can get something here
2: yeah, that that footage yeah the footage everybody knows <laughs> but yeah that was a that was a hell of a callback right there but um
1: here we go here we go look
5: we had seen so much about at the window in the window
9: that's the right kid. talking about darkness will fall over wcw literally here
1: it is oh my god that was awful
6: I that the world wrestling federations for gimmicks like this you don't know i was gold dust and gold
1: dust sucked anyway that's what he looked like at seven
2: he literally got into that first night and just sh- buried his own killing like he just started shooting mm-hmm. so the fact that uno mentioned of all numbers seven it was just like oh so now you bringing up old shit
1: and then he slapped him for that shit So <laughs> <It's> not <laughs> a segment that a should seven. make more sense to you of yeah. what was going on there you know <laughs>
2: That wasn't a coincidence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It was
2: you... such a throwback. I it, it, I didn't realize it until after Dynamite. I was like, oh, he talking about
1: seven. No, the moment he said it, I realized it. Like, the, the second it happened, I was like, oh, wow, look what they did. Very it's kind of funny. There's
2: a lot of uh, people who say that Black Rain was what seven was supposed to be.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely seven and Black that's Rain. That's
2: exactly what it was. Black. If anybody remembers his TNA gimmick, uh, Black Rain.
1: Black Rain was seven. They just couldn't use the. They couldn't use the seven thing. That was one hundred percent seven. But do you care? Do you miss it? Do you feel like you got ripped off? I, like whether. Nah. It, I ignored it both times when he was Black Rain and when he was seven.
2: See, I enjoyed Black Rain because it took me a minute to realize it was him, and I was like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. No. Nah, it's all. It's all seven. They're all seven of me. Instead of all Tom Phillips, are all seven. All oh, seven of me, yeah. So we get an exclusive interview with Shaq and Brandy Rhodes, hosted by Tony Schiavone. Which, yeah, it looks it's like
2: moments sh- like these when you realize how big Shaq is compared to normal people.
1: Yeah. Well, you always realize how big he is compared to normal Holy people. Holy shit.
9: We have something very special now for you here on Dynamite. I'm very happy to be sitting here once again with AEW's Chief Brand Officer, Brandy Rhodes. Brandy, it's great to see you. Good to see you, Tony. And I'm also sitting with four-time NBA world champion, 15-time NBA all-star, one of the stars of Inside the NBA, a member of Papa John's board, and a man you see on Shaq Live here on TNT, the one and only Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq, it's great to see you.
11: You've spent all that time putting all that butter on his toast, but you just had just this chief friend. Out there. It's fine. Go ahead.
9: Okay. Uh, Shaq... Good to have you with us. I, I know there's something that you wanted to tell everyone here on TNT and the AEW roster as well.
11: Yes, the other day I was watching the lovely Jade and her interaction with Cody. And, right. Look, I'm a fan of Jade. Me and to go back a long way. Love her, care about her, want to see her do big things. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really appreciate what she did to your Arm though. If I can say, I didn't really appreciate it either. Um, it hurts, <laughs> but I didn't deserve that. She came into my house and came at my people and my family. And that's the reaction you're always going to get if you do that, no matter what. So you can break my arm. She does it again next time. I'm going to be in her face again. My hope is we can stop all this and then nobody else has to get hurt.
1: Doesn't that make her sound like a punk ass though? You came into my house. You broke my arm. Right. You break my arm again. You know, like, what the, f- like, and first of all, that selling was really bad. There. I, I, I was listening to Cornet the other day and he pointed out something that I, I, I feel kind of stupid for not pointing out here. Let me see if we could get back to that little fucking flashback. Where did that happen at? I hate navigating this fucking thing because, uh, essentially she didn't, uh, right here. The, the heels didn't run away and the baby faces didn't fight. Why? Like, what's that? Like, not so she's on the ground here selling poorly. The heels make at this point. The heels should be retreating since they managed to get the hit on Brandy. Babyface would have to chase them down, and when the babyface catch them, they should be able to beat their asses. But that doesn't happen. Look,
11: babyface just show up. They don't even
1: show it. They just Uh, show up, and they're just in each other's face.
11: and no one does anything. that. She came into my house and came at my people and my family, fucked. and that's the reaction you're always going to get if you do that, no matter what. So you can break my arm. She does it again next time. I'm going to be in her face again. My hope is we can
2: stop all this. So you guys did this and time, and nobody Literally, else you're has to in their
9: face. So is this something that maybe can be settled between you and and Jade, possibly on, on Dynamite?
11: That's something I would like to see. Oh, sorry to interrupt. I, I would love to see that. Something else I forgot to mention. I had a little thing i went at cody on twitter right just me being me having fun no disrespect to these wrestlers they're the best athletes in the world love cody love his brother love his father big fan that's just me messing around but you and jade whew, i can't wait to see that one i'll be there
9: all right well there you have it thanks for being with us yep. and uh, brandy
11: thank you very much and
0: thank you okay I appreciate you
11: yep here. all right very cool
9: yeah, I'm sure they cleared that up. Thank you for being yep, with us. Absolutely. And uh, Brandy,
11: while your arm's in the sling, I think you should uh, watch Jade. You can probably get some pointers from her. <laughs> that's a joke, that's right? No, I'm serious. Oh, so you're just going to disrespect me like that again? It just, it's just a pattern of I'm, behavior here. I'm You know what,
8: Tony? I'm, I'm just,
11: sick of this shit.
0: You are an overgrown <laughs>
1: Alrighty. You just gonna no sell that? Yeah. yeah?
2: Okay. I mean, Shaq always
1: makes me laugh, but I mean, damn, Shaq. Why was he holding a drink in the interview? The bastard was thirsty.
2: Right? <laughs> you don't know, get thirsty. You ain't never seen them interviews. Sometimes you gotta take a sip. You want to dry out in the middle of that shit. That's a fucked up moment right there, huh?
1: We get the inner circle verdict, and they all stay together. Yay. No problems whatsoever. It all gets resolved. MJF tries that silly shit, and you know, Jericho's like, We all watched Dynamite, we saw what you did, which I like that they do that. You know, I hear when people have things done behind each other's back on wrestling shows, and they never just go back and go, Dude, I watched the episode. (laughs) You have YouTube, don't you? You've seen it. The inner circle's done that a few times to resolve shit where like things have gotten confused, and they're like, Dude, go back and rewind it. (laughs) You know, so I like that that happened there because I was getting a little annoyed. Like even though I get that it's the angle and stuff, like I was actually getting annoyed at the fact that Guevara was getting the heat for throwing in the towel and that MJF was acting like he was there to save and it was fucking getting over. I was like, "Are you kidding me? That's really what poor guy's gonna get done?" I <laughs> like they the fact that they literally came back the next week. Like, like no, we dude, saw, Sam. we watched you it. on Dynamite. Don't fuck with us right now, you know. So none of that like, nonsense, okay. MJF. And uh they stay together. And as far as uh, it's Santana who's uh, MiA currently. Yeah, be, we said last week he's dealing with
2: uh. It's personal issues.
1: So. Yeah. And what came out this week was uh the fact that his stepmother, who was very close to him, had passed away. Then so he had to go to the funeral and deal with the family. So that's why Santana's not been around for the inner circle stuff. So thoughts and prayers. Best wishes to Santana and his family. Oh, yeah. Six-man tag match with Lance Archer, Ray Phoenix, Pentagon against Eddie Kingston, Butcher, and Blade. This is where uh Ray Phoenix takes a very bad table bump. Did you see that bad table bump that he took? Oh, did I see it? They said that he's okay and he was just rocked. And, I've uh, noticed
2: that. It seems like Phoenix is indestructible at this point. Like he, Actually, what
1: it was was uh, he he hit a tope suicida on Eddie Kingston and he lands awkwardly hitting the back of his head with the way that he came down. Yeah. And Penta gets bumped out of the match as a way for him not to have to wrestle. We now Yeah, realize basically, he's um, injured.
2: I believe it was keeping him at least a little bit more fresh for uh, Triple Mania.
1: Right, right. Uh Red Velvet winds up getting beat up by Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill. This must be the response to Brandy, because I guess Red Velvet is Brandy's buddy, even though they haven't built that relationship up at all, aside from showing her next to Brandy a couple of times.
2: Yeah. The only reason they don't they they uh she accompanies her a lot, her matches are dark.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh Don Callis and Kenny Omega, they have that part where they arrive via Chopper. You know, the whole dramatic Chopper bullshit that they did. And uh we have a dynamite diamond ring clusterfuck match cause it's MJF against Orange Cassidy but everyone winds up brawling and this Miro and Kip show up uh there's interference everywhere Miro winds up throwing uh the security off of the ramp and taking out Orange Cassidy and it's just was that the end of it did it end in clusterfuck mode I don't even remember what the
2: <laughs> I mean yeah, like after um Miro came in and took out Orange Cassidy uh MJF got the pin and retained his diamond ring mhm was Which that... I actually like that they do that with the ring. It's not something you win it, and that's just it. Was that all of dynamite though? Yeah, we 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 got through all of it pretty quick. Well, what did Kenny Omega do? Kenny Omega came through and um basically because let's be real, who's watching the Impact? He um basically made it clear, heck, hey, he's going around and collecting belts.
1: Right. Well, we knew about so that. So it's going to
2: be here. I mean, he already has the AEW and AAA one, and he's basically made it clear he's not done with Impact.
1: Yeah, and I told you that this thing wasn't going to be a one off
2: you know i'm glad that i'm wrong
1: about that yeah like i knew it. there's just I'm no okay way being wrong with that. there's just no way whatsoever you know but uh miro released something here i'm dropping in here now i guess we're gonna look at it this is his reason for destroying orange cassidy Is if we needed to know the reason bring this up on the screen and see what the hell it is
10: hmm oh,
1: oh that's long we can't do this whole thing i see
10: we have some interest tonight i wonder why Why is there everybody's interested now? Maybe I get everybody's attention. Maybe that's what I need to do to get everybody's attention. But I told you things are coming. I told you things are coming. I told you things are happening. But you just don't give it a time. You just don't care. It is all a plan, my man. It is all a plan. There is nothing random. There is nothing random that is happening. But let's talk about this. Did you enjoy it? I said we're gonna be for a big tonight's episode in AEW. And I, I believe I delivered, yet again. Yet again, I delivered. I screwed Orange. Orange? Screw Orange. Let's not forget about that. Let's not forget about who started this whole thing, but we're not here to conversate about who he said, she said. Nothing is random, my man. Nothing is random. But yes, I just wanted to, you know, usually when I do one of these events, Um, I'd like to come over here and and give my thoughts and opinions and want to see how you guys are accepting all these changes that are happening It was a absolutely amazing amazing episode by the way, you're absolutely right and they're finished. Oh my gosh, once again swagged up Forsachi, Forsachi, Forsachi but it was about time somebody Luis, put Pocket Man class. in his place. Easy's, of course, it's the Easy's, man. It's the Easy's. Oh, Easy's made this, me I'm, jump I'm over there, bro. The,
1: pulling the boo, kill it, kill it now. <laughs> yeah, see what I mean, man? This is, and, and funny, I didn't even know this was coming up, but this one I'm talking about. This this version of him is not as good, man. It's just not as good as what we had before, you know. So,
2: uh, George thinks he does coke, but it's <laughs> random. <okay. laughs> You're
1: just swinging wild, man. Come on, Jesus. Tony Schiavone uh, tweets out, this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite on TNT, I'll speak to Sting for the first time. Hashtag all elite wrestling. Hashtag TNT drama. Hashtag AEW Dynamite. AEW wrestling. It's Sting. Hashtag AEW. And then he tags AEW Elite Wrestling, AEW on TNT, Stinger, and TNT drama. And then Britt Baker has to reply and explain to him that Stinger is not Sting's account. It's just some dude who has like 22 Followers (laughs) Fucking followers <laughs> that hasn't signed in like years. You just put, I love her. He just put Stinger <laughs> as the account in that tweet. Oh, Tony!
2: Rips fucking comes out of nowhere. I
0: love her. Holy shit!
1: But that's not you put. You tagged the wrong Stinger, Tony. Damn. Get your shit together with that. fuck it up, Tony. I thought he. I thought she was gonna say he actually. He actually tagged. Um, tagged Stinger musician. <laughs>
2: oh, that'd have be been even better.
1: Right tell me about it all right briefly briefly walk us through a little bit of a uh, nxt anything noteworthy that you cared about with nxt what are your main uh-huh. what are your main things because you mentioned you wanted to talk about stuff i don't want to take too long because uh, yeah. i want to take too
2: pretty, long pretty much just briefly uh kicked off with finn balor he was confronted by multiple challengers everybody from Kyle O'Reilly to uh
1: p done and then damian priest and i hate when they do this formula shit where like each guy comes out with his music one at a time and stakes his claim. And then it ends with uh when he's on the top of the ramp, Scarlett standing out there and she's looking <sighs> Which, at him with her blank face. No and he's like let me guess TikTok, TikTok. Is that what you're gonna say? You know,
2: I think mean, he just trolled the gentleman. So it's like
1: Yeah, right.
2: Like, let me guess your botchy ass boyfriend's coming back. Okay, cool. hmm Um <laughs> Jumping a little forward. One of my favorite things that came out of this was um we had uh Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. No shock. Gonzalez's strong ass went over with that single arm power bomb. But what was funny is uh after the match, Tony Storm tried to basically attack Ember Moon, and this was the greatest selling of a sudden entrance I've ever seen in my life. Because Tony has Ember by the hair and Rhea's music hits and it scares Tony. <laughs> she jumps up in a it was the funniest thing I've ever seen because like her music is like it's a it's just a sudden pop.
1: Where do I find so that she, at? I wish oh, I knew the timestamp. You
2: got that's got to be out there somewhere. Her is reaction. The,
1: where is it in the show though?
2: Um, it's pretty much russie we'll I think I have the match in order. Wait a
1: second. But yeah, while he's getting me the timestamp to that, a timestamp I wanted to show that I thought was funny. Was when Pete Dunne gets attacked by Killian Dane. Yo, he looks so funny Just the angle that they shot of where he ran up to him Look at this shot here Watch this, look
4: What's next for you? I didn't come back to NXT to just wait for an opportunity Watch, look
1: in the background I'm gonna make my
4: Shut it, my career was <laughs> <here.
1: laughs>
3: <It's laughs> an awkwardly fucking, fucking shot flying. It was just uh, such an awkward angle though felt with Finn Balor tonight uh, it What's looked, next It, for it you? just
1: looked cheesy because of that NXT angle just just they, they should have reshot that, man Watch this shit look, I'm, I'm
4: gonna make my
3: <laughs> oh my
2: God! Oh, my. I could watch it a thousand times, and it'll never be. First of all, when does Killian Day start moving that fast again? Oh boy, because that scared the shit out of me. But um, it kind of does because one of the things they announced um is that this coming Wednesday we are actually going to get Kyle Riley and Pete Dunn, and basically the winner of that match will get Finn Balor at their uh, New Year's Evil show. Right. So That's that'll gonna be, be- interesting. That's well, gonna be a banger. First of all, that's gonna be terrifying. I'm already putting my bets in. I'm rooting for Dunn because we have yet to get Dunn versus Balor. Mm-hmm. It would be a first time ever, and I mean, it'd be—it's intriguing to see where it goes.
1: Well, I want to see Kyle Ryan. I never got to see his singles run before, so yeah. I'm trying to figure out where the hell I would go for. Is that—is it the last match? Is it toward the end?
2: Yeah, I believe um, Raquel and yeah, Raquel and um, Ember were near the end of the show,
1: and then Tony Storm's music
2: hits. Yeah, it was uh, when Tony was attacking her. Rhea's music hits. You can catch it right when she's uh, grabbing her by the hair. And, oh, <laughs> re- you hear the this is my brutality, and it's just a fight. Funny- oh, actually, I found the Twitter post. Oh, so, let's, 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 let's go. Get out.
0: Back it up. Hey, come on. Oh, <laughs> you know. hey, I see what you mean. <laughs>
1: That's awesome.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen my play it back again. That was wonderful. <laughs> that amazing. was too good.
1: Hold on. Wow, the music fucking one. scared her. I didn't notice that before.
2: That sounded <laughs> so well. It was so great.
1: That's awesome.
2: Oh my god, that was one of my favorite things about NXT. Just because like and you you forget how like loud her music starts up. So just to see Tony go out <laughs> of the way.
1: <laughs> that's dope
0: It's wonderful
1: Scared the shit out of her <laughs> That was very sobering to for her I not to get
2: that one again though Because that's that's a long long story feud
1: that is And it great. looks like they're running them back again She sold the music hitting.
2: <laughs> just started start just make you laugh And that's wonderful
1: Yeah definitely <gasps> Anything else memorable about this NXT? Oh um, what else did we have? there? we had the Don O'Reilly thing. You had uh Jake Atlas had a match against Isaiah Scott with Atlas going over, the Grizzled Let's Young walk. Veterans, mm-hmm. the Grizzled Young Veterans going up against um Imperium and Everrise in that uh three way with uh yeah. the Grizzled Young Veterans going over. What else did we have? We had Cameron Grimes against Tommaso Champa, with uh Champa going over there. Yeah, and then
2: the Coup mm-hmm. de Gras of everything. Cause that's what everybody needed. Carrying crosses back. I thought
1: I thought it was Pat McAfee again. <sighs> Don't you ever disrespect him like that? Yeah, right. Pat McAfee's a great deal. <laughs> Pete Dunn has his match against Killian Dane. With Pete Dunn going over, um, Dunn catching Dane with the uh with a kick to the head and then the bitter end.
2: Which I mean, the freaking strength of Pete Dunn to be able because like Dane ain't small. He slimmed down, but still, that's a big boy to be hitting somebody with a bitter head. Mm -hmm. But then again, this is the Pete Dunn in the best shape I think I've ever seen him in.
1: Yeah, he looks solid out there for sure. It's weird to me that Kenny and Dane would even be able to wrestle considering his head got impaled into a door. Right. Yeah.
2: That boy Belfast tough. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Raquel Gonzalez has her match against Ember Moon with Raquel going over. Mm Mm-hmm. And then what you mentioned is what happens afterwards. The uh the entire Rhea Ripley's music scare and she's staring at Storm and then uh Gonzalez winds up stepping in and she's staring at her, and then Rhea gets into the ring and they have that nose to nose moment, and then uh Raquel winds up backing down and uh that's pretty much it. Then they go home. Went home went home with Tony still scared. Mm-hmm. Tony scared. That'll be her new name.
2: That, that was seriously my that was my highlight of the whole thing. Everything else could have been bombed. That was amazing.
1: Yeah, Dynamite brought in nine hundred ninety five thousand viewers, shy of f- five thousand, shy of one million. Gigantic numbers with NXT bringing that's the second
2: s- week. No,
1: mm-hmm. oh, no, go ahead. No, so that's second week in a row. You're right. Yeah, and, uh, second
2: week in a row they danced on a million.
1: Yeah, NXT did their six hundred fifty nine thousand humble viewers. Not bad, not bad. AW was the second. Ranked show in cable, 0. 0.45 rating in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. They are pretty much at the top right now. They're considered top tier. That's definitely because of Sting.
2: Yeah, the Sting. There's no question
1: about that. Pushed them
2: way over the edge.
1: And uh, they have a lot of buzz. Now the Kenny Omega stuff definitely helps. The impact viewers yeah. that jumped over, even if there's only like a hundred thousand or whatever, that definitely helped. This has so and, far been a successful experiment.
2: And with uh, Kenny Omega, um, working with AAA as well, it it's literally three different avenues they have people coming in from now. Yeah, no, compl- it's a- <sighs> no. Compl- and yeah, of course, yeah. uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but one of the things, the reason Sting's here, he just wasn't happy with how they did him in his last run.
1: Yeah, well, no shit, nobody was happy with how they did him.
2: Like he just he showed up and basically his one win in the WWE is a tag match against the Big Show. <laughs> He want this is he he virtually decanonized that as his final run. Yeah. He sure so he wants of... to have his real final run here. And they say that apparently he will actually wrestle. But what it's gonna be, it's gonna be tag and or cinematic. And what it's gonna be is that so he doesn't have to do too much, but still just enough to where it makes himself look good.
1: Yeah, I think they can pull that off.
2: Yeah. That's the one thing I like with these this thing of cinematic matches now. It gives the old guys a little bit more room to work with. So you're not overexerting yourself, but you're still giving a good show.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that too.
2: Very smart. Take
1: care of them, so. All right, is that it for AEW for this? That's all. yes yeah, for the Wednesday Night Wars. All right, and Impact. They have, What did Impact have their thing?
2: Uh, they had Final Resolution, I believe, this past weekend. Yeah, this is all the past week
1: okay smackdowns first i would guess or does it matter i guess we can stick with impact because i want to get that shit out of the way
2: yeah let's do impact um, just get it out of the way i'm
1: not talking about all these matches you can talk about what you want i'll just talk a little bit about um what i saw i did see most of it i saw the old school rules match with tommy dreamer against larry d with the finish being tommy dreamer hitting the ddt and then afterward they take uh they take larry d to jail with the other big guy that's his buddy. Yeah, the <laughs> other big guy that's his tag team partner is visibly upset oh it was like an emotional moment um the tag team partner of the other guy blatantly walks out there and and Josh Matthews is like, what's he doing out there? I don't know, Josh. <laughs> what the fuck is the tag team partner of this guy doing out there during a no disqualification hardcore match against Tommy Dreamer <laughs> where they're fucking heels? What is he doing out there? I wonder if we can it's figure big this big one little out. Man. You know what? They should just re- record a bunch of of lines for josh matthews and then make a josh matthews puppet and have a uh, freaking madison rain just pull the string every now and then because it really feels like that's what it is he just says random things like of all the times to say what's he doing out there
2: not when somebody who's never been in the company before shows up that's not like the equivalent to like to if you feud.
1: that's like to the equivalent of during the 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 early 2000s you saw christian in the ring fighting somebody and then edge came on and then he was like what's he doing out there <laughs> Like I know, right? Come on, man. But the whole thing was just weird. Johnny Bravo getting shot, get, getting revenge for being shot in the first place. The whole, the whole fucking thing is—it's a bad angle. It's terrible that people are watching this. It—it it can't be taken seriously. It doesn't take itself seriously. It—it it slapstick humor. They—they'll they'll never break two hundred thousand viewers without anything else. It's awful, man. Awful.
2: They better enjoy this time where they have Kenny Omega because uh...
1: no name recognition, no star power here. Your tag team match was Havoc and Navea. Against um, Team C Stars, which was Ashley Vox and Delmi XL. With the finish, was uh, the reverse sit out powerbomb into a cutter, I believe. I don't know what the hell they call it, yeah. but Havoc and Navia, it seemed like it was a reverse sit out powerbomb, inverted sit out powerbomb, and one of them doing like the cutter, like jumping the other one into like the cutter there. Yeah. Is what I saw. um First of all, there's no general way to, to put this, but uh was Havoc always that fat? She and you, when
2: she first showed up at TNA?
1: She was not that big. Two two things. Did she always take her mask off, and was she always that fat?
2: She always used to take her mask off. Okay. But she was not that big.
1: She's huge now, right?
2: She is. I, I watched her first run in TNA when she won the
1: knockout title. She was not that big. Ah, She definitely, wow. You
2: know that Sammy Callahan's girl?
1: Right? Is that?
2: Yeah. They've been together for, like, what, eight, nine years? Or he,
1: it's like she took his weight. I mean, he used to be the one that was big. Yeah. You don't slim
2: down. He in good shape. Good lord! But had not hurting people. Shit,
1: I, saw, I was just like, man, this girl, is this the one that I remember from the old, the old days? Holy shit! That's the biggest name in this match, by the way. And this is a pay per yeah. view.
2: It's Havoc. That was the only person in this match I knew.
1: Havoc, who doesn't even look like her when she was had a bigger name, Navia, who I've seen with her before, but that's not really a big name And Team C stars. That these two girls from Shimmer that are green, green as grass. Their fucking outfits were green.
2: They were greener than their outfits.
1: What a waste, man. Impact Wrestling, this is what I mean This is why I never mourn this company Yet another situation where all eyes are on them And they can't even have girls that are on the show regularly Or anyone who's formidable I've been watching Impact regularly for a few weeks Thanks to all this nonsense And there's been no Team C stars They're the current Shimmer Tag Team champs I get that, but that means nothing here When's the last time you on a big pay-per-view Would have someone who's not even part of your brand Now you have eyes on you Now's a good time to show people why They shouldn't leave when Kenny Omega does and team fucking Sea Star is not gonna do it. And I love how George's comeback is better than Naya. No. Is that like all that is no. incorrect? Not, not, not that literally was incorrect. That's technically incorrect. They are not better than Naya, and that is the problem. They are not better than anything. <laughs>
2: Havoc has never been better than
1: Naya. Hold on. I gotta get this shit on the screen. I gotta I'm gonna I'm gonna get it now. Don't worry. We got this. We out here. You guys gotta see these girls and how out of fucking sync they are. You know, in sync this is out is. of sync.
2: Yeah, yeah, George is right.
1: They're bringing back the tag titles for the women. With what fucking roster? Look at this. Watch this. Look at how ugly this is. They move. The whole thing's ugly, but here's just a moment of ugly. With them and have watch, seen watch them share locker rooms with them on the independent They're so scene. awkward, you know, first I've of all. I've seen
8: them. They're, they're one of the hottest tag teams what? on the independent scene. Look, at how, tag now team champions. Look well at how awkward. they watch. Look at how fucking ugly
1: this, this is. we victory right. here tonight.
10: Against Havoc and Nevaeh. But it
1: gets worse. Watch. It gets worse, though. Oh, it gets worse. Don't you know I'm green? Standing switch by Nevaeh on Delmi. You see who gets the better of this exchange. Delmi off the ropes now. and Nevaeh misses with the clothesline. Watch line. this Delmi bump here. the other side. And First of all, look at how bad like that stop there. Delmi, There's so many for weird for stops. Boop. Connects with the look Ur- at kind of that. Of you saw that shit? Oh. So, wait. Team. All back this is him. a fucking pay-per-view Man what are they doing there if great? And you know what the other girls don't look bad Havoc and Navia. they look alright Like their stuff it's is Havoc okay and they Navia look But these other girls were fucking everything up God, There's other tag teams That's just the first few but this is a pay-per-view This is final resolution exactly. this is We the just saw Kenny all- Omega show up Kenny Omega's in the van watching this You know And that's the guy who tolerates matches with fucking What's her name the skinny girl Real. Rio, yeah. <laughs> was like only...
2: Riho didn't look baby shit green
1: <laughs> Anyway, like I said, I'm not talking about rematch. I wanna leave soon. But tag team match, we're moving right on past that nonsense. We had freaking uh that guy Caleb, Caleb with a K. Caleb with And Teneal Dashwood, formerly Emma, against Alicia and Eddie Edwards. And uh Callahan does like a video distraction where like his music plays or whatever and uh it's yeah, funny because uh, it looks so a dog gimmick that he's been doing. I thought it was Ali, like when I saw the, the thing on, like, like the way they appeared. In the sky, I was like, oh shit, retribution. I to him, dang, dang, rah, 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 And, it wasn't and, and, and then you
2: realize, wait, no, this guy
1: wins back. Like, oh wait know. a minute. Um, tanil winds up knocking Alicia Edwards off of the uh, top rope when she was going for her spot, and that's how he caused the distraction that allows them to go over. And afterwards, Callahan uh, comes with a baseball bat to beat up Eddie, hitting him with a package pile driver, leaving Alicia Edwards to uh, just lay over him, basically. Um, in case you didn't have your dose of racism for 2020, you all know what's her name—that Hogan chick, uh, Kiera, Hogan. Kiera Hogan. So they have Kiera Hogan with this black chick named Tasha Steels That literally fucking steals. Like, her name was <laughs> Tasha Steels. I was—I I watched it. It was like—I don't know how. And I've been watching them for a few weeks now, but since I don't watch regularly, it took me a while to put the angle together. And when I finally did, the last piece—and it's weird to have put it together backwards. But the final piece that I was missing was that her name was Tasha Steels. Like, that was the last bit of information when I was trying to get this part together. And I was like, her fucking name is Tasha Steels. And she literally steals. So there was money. Hernandez uh, somehow got money stolen from him by Fala, Falaba. Right? Am I saying his name right? The, the big yeah. guy? Ihonda? Falaba? <laughs> A fucking. Wait, well, you remember the guy? Line, that's the guy that think so I will to believe. I never thought I'd be talking about wrestling this way. Anyway, Hernandez gets robbed by Falaba. But then these two of them, they steal Falaba's money and if you watched the previous episode of impact which don't ask me why i did before kenny omega got there just to catch myself up follow us talking to them in the back and he's like oh Yo, do you guys have the money and they're literally showing like on camera where like they're holding their hands behind their backs and passing it back and forth to each other and then showing like that it's not in their palms No, we don't have it but we'll have it next week and like he does the thing like that a teacher does where like he points to his eyes and then points to them like i'm watching you my two eyes are on you and then they will walk away and this is what i mean about this company and how it's hard to take anything seriously we got motherfuckers getting shot and going to trial and fighting Tommy Dreamer to be taken away in handcuffs We got Falabala stealing money from Hernandez Who's called Tio Hernandez In Spanish that means Uncle Hernandez Because he does look like an uncle at a fucking barbecue now So he gets the he money He looks like that uncle
2: him. that still got, got, got a few good fights this is, in
1: this, is, this is a fucking strange dimension here man I couldn't I couldn't bear to watch this You know what I mean I would sooner th- throw a shoe at my TV Than I would watch something like this This is awful So Falaba, um has this match against Hernandez Which I don't even know why you would need to have a match if we go back to the beginning of the story, this is very simple. Hernandez had money, Falabon stole it, and then the girls stole it. Now they should give it back. But for some reason, here's this match, Hernandez and Falabon. Hernandez goes over. Hernandez has this intro where he now combs his mustache a lot. It's very annoying. He has this weird fucking porn star mustache, and I hate it. Yeah, but he goes over, and then uh, when they go to give the money back, it turns out that uh, the money's no longer in the pouch. Like the girls go to look and the girl, what's her name, steals, uh, doesn't have the money. And by the way, Kira Hogan was the guest ref in this. So at some point the money gets taken. So then Hernandez pulls out razors. Did he pull out razors to try to stab them when he realized that they didn't have the money? Like he literally pulls (laughs) out a razor out of each pocket and he's chasing them down the ramp. And commentary is awkward as fuck. They don't want to say what it is that he's holding or what's going on. So they're just kind of not really saying anything. They're just like, whoa, whoa, Hernandez. Yeah, she better get out of there. Wow. Yeah, so he comes to basically stab him. So I guess the implication is that Hernandez pulls these fucking razors on. He's gonna go cut them up when he gets backstage. Thank God that we cut there. No pun intended. Mm. And went to a, a different segment. Oh God, that was painful. Um, you had Rhino versus Eric Young, who Stasis says looks like Popeye now. Eric Young does look like Popeye now. <laughs> and uh, I don't even remember. I kind of tuned out here. What even happened? Somebody please remind me what happened with Eric Young versus versus Rhino. Uh.
2: The Deaners confronted Eric Young and Cody
1: turned on his on cousin Jake. That's right. That's right. And everybody was putting over that this cousin Jake guy turned, right? And he seems to be with Eric Young, but we don't know. He just kind of looked at him and Eric Young looked like, yeah. And then the guy just kind of walked up the ramp turning on his own cousin. See, that's how much I hate this show that I, I knew what happened. And until you said one thing, I had, I fucking blocked that out. I, I, <laughs> I was like, what happened here again? You remind me, cousin Jake. that's right. That was a terrible angle. Awful. George, are you watching this shit? Did you watch this? Because George was the one who was pro-impact, right? You know George watched it. It was George, right? Holy you shit. You must okay, be high as a kite during this shit. You had, you had Rohit Raju defending against Manic, who now Manic is TJP because TJP can't defend for the X Division title, but Manic can. So he comes back as TJP, and you know what? He wins the title. Manic is once again the X Division title. It's like the company... It's so beautiful. It's poetic. The company, the X Division title... The worker TJP and the character Manic all wound up exactly back where the fuck they started. That's beautiful. It's almost like stars aligning, you know? Everything went right back to the beginning. And yes, TJP looks great in the ring. I just can't believe he's back to being Manic again. But yeah, there he is. He's our, our X Division champion, TJP Manic. Back to his mask. Uh, you're at the Impact Knockouts title match. Deanna Perrazzo being accompanied by Kimberly uh against rosemary with taya with uh what was the finish here again remind me again see i'm mentally blocking shit out
2: when, um i believe actually went over with um jesus christ's name and showed me what the finish was i believe it was a uh, submission as well
1: yeah i i barely remember it like oh, i God. said i was tuning in and out for i was here for the kenny omega stuff i'm gonna be honest with you guys i watched this shit for the kenny omega that's,
2: stuff. For real. that's what that's what, had, and, that's uh, what we're both i were didn't care
1: back. about this gimmick even though i do remember the angle of them going to uh to, to have them turn back to normal And also the stupid shit I don't care about any of it um, but I we hate did...
2: what they've done with Rosemary
1: Yeah I don't really like any of the stuff that was going on But we finally did get some Kenny Omega stuff Which was Kenny Omega getting to reunite With Carl uh, Anderson Which I believe I have that here It wasn't that big of a deal It wasn't worth watching all these matches for But I'll show you
4: Still, baby, still running the wrestling world. Look at all these titles we have. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, it's, it's kind of like reminds me of the good old days. It's like uh, it's like the time when we go to Big Boy. I bring my title, you bring I your title. Bring my... you, you, we, we'd sit there at Big Boy. You drink a bunch of coffee, and I would drink like fifteen or sixteen beers. <laughs> and we talked about how we ran the wrestling world. I'll be, it would all be paid for too. Know, remember, yeah, remember Massa? You yeah, remember Massa? Of course, yeah, yeah big, fat forget, big Fat Massa, big fan, Massa. Jeez, man! Those <laughs> are the you guys got days. him over. Those are the you know good that? old days. Yeah, Don. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, man! It's yeah, Don- all good. We're running things now, bro. Uh, here's the thing: I'd love to sit here and brother all uh-huh. night, but sadly, you guys know I don't really want to do this. But I have to go work. I have to wrestle right now. Are <laughs> you serious? I'd rather sit here on this bus. Trust oh, I mean, they- oh, who are you wrestling today? I'm Ethan Page. E- well, Ethan- you should be him in about two minutes. You can still come back here for cocktail hour, brother? I mean, yeah. Two it- minutes. It might take a little longer than that, but Ethan, I'm going to this. Well, what would it take longer scene, than that? A machine gun. Yeah, you're the, you're Gunner. Yeah, you you came from the you came from the. G1. You, can't beat, you remember the G one two thousand twelve? Of course, that.
3: everybody does.
4: Unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. match now. of the year. You, know, you and Kazushi Kaga. I yeah, remember. Yeah. I remember. G1 yeah. final? So, so is it? So, so is that? Is he more, machine gun going to be out there? Because that machine gun wouldn't even need a minute, would would you? Oh, is this roast? What's going on? No, it's not that. It's, it's not just like roast. we're just crazy. we yeah, want to I get look, on with the partying. and You're an inspiration, Gunner. You tell him. You tell me that 2012 G1 finalist here, here, here. Is, is, is he dead? Is he gone? You know what, Kenny? You know I, what, Don? Yeah. You, know what? Yeah. you know what? You know what? You want to see the machine gun? I, I want, would want to love see, to see love the, machine the, machine the machine gun. You want, to, them want them to see the
3: machine gun? You want to see the machine gun? I want to see the machine gun? I want to see Gunner. You're gonna see the machine gun. You're gonna see the machine gun. I'm gonna
4: sell I'm gonna sell my on the way to Yeah. TV
3: on the watch it's the cringe (laughs) oh
1: man holy shit that was all and yeah doc gallows isn't there because he's doing an acting job we don't know exactly what he's filming but he has some sort of a thing that he's filming right now
2: he's probably glad he both he dodged a bullet in this show
1: Mm-hmm. so carl anderson against ethan page being accompanied by josh alexander which they are hinting these two guys breaking up for whatever reason and what was the finish here again
2: um, I believe, uh, I think it was Angel went over with the gun and son. I don't know. This, this, this pay-per-view was, oh, I'm right there with you. I came for just the Kenny Omega stuff, but I believe actually the, uh, what I do know is that the North is set to split up because Ethan's contract is coming up. Yeah, I
1: did hear about that. In fact, that. I think
2: it's actually, I think it's actually already up. Yeah. Because, uh, basically what was on the line here was that if, uh, Ethan Page won the North would get another championship match, but if Carl Anderson won, that's it for the North. Like, no more title shots.
1: Yeah, and Rich Swan retained against Chris Bay, right?
2: Yeah, because Chris Bay ain't winning a fucking world title. Nobody knows who Chris Bay is.
1: Yeah, see what I mean? Like, it was hard to even stay away. Like, their main event was Rich Swan defending the world title against Chris Bay. You see?
2: As lenient as I was with Impact, I tapped before this year. Because, George, the match was un. Was it it, it could be as it could be as amazing as it wants, but when nobody knows the other guy,
1: doesn't really do much. It's a good match. I wasn't saying that it was a good match and they built it up and I saw the thing where he was getting stared down by what's his name every week, uh Moose. Yeah. He's not even a convincing strong character though. Not Moose the other guy, the one that he was intimidating the shit out of that didn't win the title from Rich Swann, Chris Bay. He's yeah, just not and the match works okay, but again, this is a uh, Kenny Omega. This is all of the AEW audience You have to give us a reason to watch this And there's really no incentive man Like there's good matches everywhere So what they got a few good people here Rich Swann knew how to wrestle at 205 Live That didn't do that show any fucking favors Exactly. You know what I mean It's like so what TJP was great as Manic When he was in TNA last time And nobody gave a fuck They released him just as quickly as anybody else They don't care who's in the Manic mask Kaz has been under it Daniels has been under it They don't give a shit They put Hogan in it if they could You know So it's like that doesn't really matter to them either so you have, like, it's people... Like,
2: hey, everybody, like, let's be real, everybody came to this to see what Kenny Omega was going to do. Until that happened, nobody was invested. You know why? Because that's the only thing we actually remembered. Like, there was just nothing really there. Like, they better enjoy this AEW partnership while it lasts, because the second Kenny Omega's out there, that impact is going to tank.
1: And I won't be watching tomorrow. Like, that'll be the last of it. It's funny that you simultaneously, you still still watched, so. But yeah, but here's the first example of how this is going to work and why this is going to fail. I'm going to be an example of what most people are going to do. And next week, I won't watch Impact. I will go on Twitter and on YouTube and I will find the promo or whatever it is that pertains to Kenny Omega and I will look at that exclusively. And I will run it on here exclusively. And I have no idea what happens with the rest of the show. I'm already done with Impact. I gave them their final resolution, you know, and that's
2: <laughs> goodbye and good night, bang.
1: Exactly. So, yes, free wrestling on Twitch, but I don't ever run out of wrestling to watch. By the time it's time to get on here next time, Then I'm always like, man, I need some free wrestling. Fuck, I need my fix. I couldn't. There was just. I can't think of anything else to watch I already watched Raw and Smackdown and NXT and NXT UK and Ring of Honor for the week And 205 Live and even Main Event I mean fuck I even You know you know what I mean like I I even watched Dynamite which is now by the way sometimes 2 hours and 30 minutes I even Watched that you know like by The time when do I run out of wrestling And then even after that I would Watch NWA Power before I watch them
2: And and on top of that um, George we're not watching Impact for the Omega Promo
1: we have YouTube for that. Yeah, because I'll never watch them again. Everything
2: on YouTube.
1: I'm already gone. They're gonna have to show me the crossover matches. I'm already gone. <laughs>
2: There's nothing there to support this shit anymore.
1: It's over already.
2: It's, it, it it it's time it's time to take Op Paul behind the barn and shoot him because uh it's dead. They, they 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 managed to screw up Rosemary for me, and I was the biggest Rosemary Mark for years. Mm-hmm. I don't like this shit. They fucked up Johnny... They fucked up Johnny Morrison's wife even more than he's fucked up in WWE. Like, what?
1: All right, well, that brings us to SmackDown.
2: SmackDown Rive, as Nakamura said it once.
1: You get the Sasha Carmella contract signing. I got nervous when Carmella had a service. I thought that that black servant was going to be James Ellsworth again, but it's, it's Akeem Young. He's a, he's a tryout that they hired a while back.
2: I'm so glad we were thinking the
1: same thing. Dude, there was the most awkward commercial break in the world did you catch the commercial break during the tag match what where was the timing let me see if i could bring this back up again see if you can catch that because what hold on i'm trying to not jump all over if i don't want to hold the show up too long but i remember seeing this and thinking how weird is it like at this point i guess wwe just does whatever the fuck they want to make things happen the way that they needed to let me see. So this was the Street Profits against Ziggler and Rude right around here. All right. I found it. Guys, look at this. Look at this. I'm going to go a little bit further back just so we can have some context of this. Okay. Look at this shit here. So this is them, right?
4: And now Ford with a beautiful drop kick of his own.
1: Keep in mind, this is a tag he's match. I'm tag match, right?
4: Ordinarily, I call blasphemy, but you might be right on that one. And now, oh, man. Blockbuster connects. Montez Ford starting to roll.
1: They get in the ring, they clear the ring. All right, heels, heels go out.
4: <laughs> what are they doing? Robots are having themselves a good time in the middle of the ring.
1: Now solo cups are exploding and raining all over the ring. The podcast it's raining solo cups and the two of them are dancing and swimming in the solo cups. the match continues! They come back from commercial.
3: This is Friday night. Everything's back to normal. Montez Ford versus Dolph Ziggler. What the, the fuck just happened?
1: there's the solo cups and
3: Dolph with some crafty
1: better. There's a ten count? They left the ring and then there was like there was a mid dude. There was a fucking mid match celebration for no reason with solo cups raining and then they just kept having the match after the commercial. <laughs> I don't understand. I was too, I was texting when that happened. I remember whining, because I was like, wait, wait what? Because I heard the music, and that's when me mean, like, did they win? It was like, did they win? Because I looked up, and they were just in the ring by themselves, and they were dancing in solo cups. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then after commercial, the match is back again. Only in WWE could you do something like, like that. Right? shit
2: happened, right? <laughs> that's the part that kills me. Like, they did that shit like
1: nothing happened. In the middle of the match. And the music fucking hit. I've never in my it's life like, seen something like that before. Solo cups are nothing, like... <laughs> never seen shit like that in my life. In the middle of the fucking match, man. <laughs> look at that. I can't get over this. This is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Just look at how this looks.
4: What are they doing? Robbins are having themselves a good time in the middle
0: of the ring. Wait a minute. Well, that's 7. It'd be rated solo. That's
5: so fucking amazing. It's 40 and The match this. Every week.
3: This is Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. Montez Ford versus Dolph Ziggler. Yes, the ring has been cleared out of the solo cups. And Dolph
9: Ziggler
1: I'm so, was so glad bad. they at least acknowledged it. What do you mean acknowledge? That doesn't make it okay. That was the strangest I mean, yeah. thing I've ever seen happen. I want that in the game now. Just the mid- mid-match celebration. Even with the 10 count. Did the ref stop counting for that? He had to have. <laughs> Ain't no way in hell he kept counting through that shit. They could never do that shit without the Thunderdome. Live people. How would that have looked for the live people? Motherfuckers were sitting there confused and shit. What the fuck? They got. And then they had to the... stop everything to clean that up and then continue the match. There
2: was so much heat when they came back for that commercial. You stopped that for this?
1: Oh man! All right, all right. We had our fun. You got a really, really, uh, really funny segment with uh, Sami Zayn, where uh, Biggie celebrating the release of his new T-shirt. Did you see this? I saw. it. <laughs> So he's celebrating the release of his t-shirt. Yeah.
3: Sammy. I am the intercontinental. Oh, a uh-huh. box full of shirts. Yeah, Don't yeah, yeah, put yeah. that in my face. Merch should be the last thing on your mind, Sammy. It's actually pretty nice. Don't worry about the shirt. Worry
1: <laughs> about the meat inside the shirt. <laughs> and by the way,
3: you know we got you, baby. You got me. Apollo.
1: Look, we made a Sammy's Zane shirt, shirt for him. It this is the funniest chef. shirt I've ever seen in my life.
3: <laughs> Look at the fucking shirt. It just like, oh put it on your God. body. Put it on your body. Awesome. Put it on your body.
2: Awesome. And put it on, wow. write it down. You
3: know what I think of this? Don't be ungrateful.
1: I mean- Look at the fucking shirt. <laughs> Biggie said, "Put it on your body." Yo, I heard they're really selling that on shop now on WWE shop. You can hey, get the Hall Zane, the little what? stick figure Don't with the beard. You
2: know what to get me for Christmas? <laughs>
1: Yo, how savage is that?
2: I'll wear it during every fucking Monday show. I
1: swear to God. Yo, to me, what topped it? To, we'll, we'll put the whole cherry on top. Was just after they exposed it like that. Biggie, going put it on your body.
2: <laughs> I swear to God, the way he did this delivery with shit is ridiculous.
1: Yo, they troll the shit out of this poor dude. I remember when uh, what's her name showed up dressed as him for the for the freaking kickoff.
2: Yeah, fucking Caleb Braxton.
1: Yeah, now we have the. <laughs> I can't stop looking
2: at the, the stick figure of him that's what you need to put on the back of that shirt. And put it on your body.
1: And it says, "I am Sami Zayn" at the bottom. And <laughs> hey, why is Kalisto there? Is he a, is he a face now? Because he's happy again. Kalisto's just—he just exists. Yeah, he's just there. Let me show you what I think. do and
4: me. He couldn't
1: don't tear. Don't Remember
5: don't when? Don't don't do. That's the
2: bad part. He couldn't tear his fucking shirt.
4: If You're lucky my hand is hurt. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show oh, all, all of you. It's rude to point. Is that Tamina back point. there too? You won't show me a
2: thing. Yes, yeah, she was there I too people in,
3: name, a big match
1: <laughs> Biggie's hilarious, oh, man.
2: But they reward his hilarity by a count-out loss.
1: A count-out loss. They sure what do. do. This
2: company ain't count-outs lately.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of
2: count-outs used to be a thing. Where when it happened, it was like, "Oh shit, they got count-out." Now it's just like, "Oh, they got count-out."
1: It's like they're teasing a Biggie push, but they're afraid to pull the trigger on a Big E push. You know, they have little hints that things are happening. You know, he gets the approval of a lot of people in creative, but it's almost like they just don't want to do anything. They even had a, they even had this on um, the talking smack.
5: This Big E, a the focused Big E, a singles championship minded Big E has so much potential that 10 years from now, as your story is being written they will all say that the accomplishments that you did with the new day pale by respectful comparison to the accomplishments that you will pull off on your own and i say that to you with the following proviso: what you're going to accomplish in the next 10 years will be mind-boggling sir and i'm looking forward to seeing it as is everybody else But you have to accept in your heart that the New Day will only be a footnote in the story of the greatness of Big E. And if I may prove my case to you, I ask you a rhetorical question. When was the last time you saw Roman Reigns in the ring and anybody even bothered to mention the
1: shield. See, they wouldn't be doing things like that uh yeah we played it on here we we we've played paul a few times on here then we're doing with yeah. paul the he, other day? he's a
2: regular on that show see with stuff like that stop bitching out and pull the trigger if you're gonna do some shit stop wasting time
1: <laughs> yeah like clearly the pieces ca- are he, there he,
2: he, he, these count out victories and shit ain't cutting it
1: but we've always known that talking smack is one of those ungoverned shows that paul could just be shooting you know it doesn't mean that any wedding creative is listening or watching unfortunately
2: And with Paul at this point, they really don't tell Paul much what to do. Because I talked about it last week. Paul shoot puts people over in work promos. Mm -hmm. I remember once, I can't remember. uh, In fact, it was uh, the year the Survivor Series, AJ and Brock wrestled. I remember watching that. And when Paul cut that promo, he made AJ stand right out of camera shot and listen to it.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if,
2: If Paul has some good shit to say about you, he wants to make sure you are there to hear it.
1: Yeah. Of course, even though later on AJ Styles winds up hating his guts, you know. In hindsight, that didn't work out too well. No, in hindsight, it did not work out too well. <laughs> um, you got Kevin Owens who does a very, very good promo, but winds up getting interrupted by a uh, Jay Uso kicking his ass mid promo, and uh, he does wind up getting the better of Jay Uso, right? And uh, yeah, winds up putting him through a table and destroying him but then afterwards roman backstage when he's being interviewed gets a hold of uh roman well roman gets a hold of him and uh i have to say roman is a really intimidating and scary motherfucker at this point they did a really good job of conveying he is frightening like look at this Roman. Okay. one thing I'm gonna say that I don't think enough people have pointed out here about Roman is how good his punches have become. Watch his punches. Those are good fucking working punches, man. Those are the best working punches I've seen in years in this business. I could watch his punches all day and normally I don't like punches. Look at that. Those they are look fucking
2: good like punches.
1: Those are good fucking working punches. You could tell that that's the result of training. That's the result of the performance center probably.
0: Have you ever
1: Oh am a family. Never
0: had just been one. Never had just been one. God!
1: Bill's a solid man.
0: The
1: Roman's look for him and everything worked really well. Who's family?
4: If I've ever been family, I'm a
11: Jewess. I'm Roman Reigns. I'm the head of the table. I'm the tribal chief. Your tribal chief I'm the guy That put the roof over your head I love Owen selling in the bad guy That put the food On your table
1: Look at how he sells this This is what's if really good cool to you on here sense too
11: into your husband. Kids If you don't talk some sense into daddy I'm gonna be the guy
4: That takes the food Off the table Wow!
1: How cool was that, man? He beat the shit out of him. It just looked real good, you know. He sounds different because I guess he's delivering his own stuff.
2: Yeah,
1: it's good. You can see nobody, nobody, nobody in that
2: there. room of writers writing his shit.
1: Yeah, solid punches. Great segment. You know, it's it, this is a great Roman, The best Roman we've ever seen. Uh, the riot squad goes over to random Billy Kay and Natalia team
2: which side note it's kind of funny how we originally heard how Peyton was supposed to be the one getting the push I'm more entertained by Billy Kay than I have been by Peyton in months <laughs> I just love how she just brands up in a random segment here's my headshot like her delivery her facial expression it kills me every time yeah
1: G- Gable's training with Otis
3: Ooh, yeah. Otis
4: oh, how's your back That's good look Good. I've been thinking about training, man, okay? Training. We've, we've
3: been going about this all wrong. All right, you're getting hit from the back, from the front, left, right. You never see it coming. No, I don't. We got to work on your blind side. My blind side? Put this blindfold on. Won't I need my eyes? Let's <laughs> not train them like a Jedi. Otis, have I ever steered you wrong? No, sir. No, sir. Not at all. And hey, remember you are my number one. I got it. Oh yeah. An elf is always aware of his surroundings. Do you understand that? I think so. Do you get it? Oh yeah. Are you ready? Oh
0: yeah. Oh,
3: are there? Where are you now? Where are you there? now? Here comes Roman! comes Roman! Roman! Oh damn! Oh, come on! Oh, just pay attention! Oh. Come on! You gotta run me some You, you use so- oh. <laughs> oh. Holy oh. shit! Oh, We're almost there. Oh shit! Alright Otis, this is the one. Alright, are you ready? I'm ready! Let me hear ya! Oh, I love it! break down Here we go. Stay aware. Stay aware at all times. You never know where he's coming from. Behind you! Oh yes! yes. Oh, yes.
4: oh yeah! He's an alpha. Now he's an
1: alpha. So remind me what work he
2: needs again. <laughs> oh man. Because he's doing perfectly fine. For the looks the thing to
1: me. Well, it's just performing though. He's not wrestling there. But you know what? Um, I let's see where this goes. This goes back to my complaint last week where Carmella comes back powered up with no development or backstory. At least Otis is getting one, you know? I don't, I, I'm not gonna judge it yet because the effort's being put there, you know? That's what I mean. Like, there's something that happens. If he becomes different, at least there's something there. He didn't just show up with a different costume and music. So Gable and Otis have a match against Nakamura and Cesaro. Gable asks to be tagged in when Otis is gonna go for, I guess, his finisher, the Caterpillar, but Gable winds up getting taken out via Kinshasa. But what makes this annoying for me? is Otis is in the corner and he doesn't try to break the fucking pin he doesn't double ax handle he doesn't nothing can you help me understand that they don't even acknowledge it in the show i guess that was just poor poor booking the match was put together wrong or something let me see who, if i can who, get to who the... who
2: put that part together like what?
1: let me see something here if we could get to the end i don't even know where the hell it would be Oh, i'll get there yeah we'll get to that
2: awkward ass finish
1: So here we are looking at at the screen right mhm uh-huh. Did he already lose there?
2: Yeah, they already lost.
1: Are they already lost at this point? Yeah, see, I wasn't trying to get when he lost. I was trying to get the awkwardness of the fact that he doesn't he doesn't pin him at all. No, he couldn't have lost. He, he has him in the Cesaro swing. Let me see if I can find it. Because Cesaro has Gable in the swing after he asked for the pin. Swings him around a long time, then just tosses him over towards the uh, the heel corner. Then after that, he tags in Nakamura. Nakamura comes in. And then right here... Okay, so here we go. You're probably right. Not, not He gets hit with the Kinshasa. So then right here, look, no one's stopping Otis, right? There's Otis in the corner. Middle of the ring, Nakamura, just hit his partner. Match hasn't even been going on much that that long. Why didn't Otis just climb in and break the pinfall? Like he stood there. It was a finisher. Look, right here, come in. He yeah, just, that's he's still a there. Story line. I don't know how but. Why didn't Cesaro go to the corner and like Fucking spear Otis Or hit him right. with Uppercut an elbow and, and knock him Off of the thing why was he just set To stand there like that <laughs> And they don't talk about That part they acknowledge the part that uh, Gable says later on that he didn't actually Want the tag it was a test he thought that Otis Should have finished the match but even that's stupid because he fails The test of the fact that when you got down He still should have taken the incentive to break the pin He was just staring he literally just stood staring at, at at the fucking spot. I don't get it, man. Everything is just really weird here. Uh, Corbin has the those two guys with him, the former Forgotten Sons, minus Riker, a.k.a. Gunner. They're now called the Knights of the Lone Wolf. I don't mind that. I think that's okay. Yeah, cool, name. Okay. Uh, Sasha Banks uh, has her match against Carmella. Apparently this was supposed to be the TLC match, but instead we're having it for SmackDown for whatever reason. You get a new Carmella intro, completely gone as the moonwalk and the uh, Staten Island gimmick. And she has like a more glamorous gimmick. Uh, Sasha gets DQ'd out of five count not making a rope break. Carmella winds up uh, breaking a gimmicked bottle over the back of Sasha on the outside. And uh, was that the end of SmackDown? Um,
2: yeah, that that was that was the main event.
1: I feel like I'm forgetting something. Yeah. I don't know if I am though. No, no.
2: They, they, that, that was how they closed the show weirdly enough.
1: Wow. You know, it's weird how I have the shit on my, like, I, I can bring it up and I don't even bother to, like, why am I doing that? Yeah, you're right. I'm literally looking right here, you know, and you're absolutely right.
9: She's laughing about it.
1: So wait, first, let's get to the gimmick bottle. That's why they put the liquid on yellow. They wanted to make sure she didn't hit them with the wrong one, right? Then put her out there with someone she had heat with. They fucker her up and they say they made a mistake. We still getting You think tried. that's enough? You think that's enough, Michael?
4: It is enough. I believe it is enough. And what? Okay. You think it's enough? What the hell is she doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. This... Doing.
3: Put the, the ball the down. <laughs> what the
1: hell? She hit She's hard with it, see. though, even for a gimmick bottle. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. All right, well that's SmackDown in a nutshell. That brings us to Raw. Raw.
2: Actually, before we
1: even do that SmackDown, our 2.106 million viewers. Okay, they did a point fifty in the 18 to 49 demographic. I want to leave without the ratings. Now heading into Raw, last week's Raw did 1.737 million viewers. So there was a bit of a drop there. Not much, but a bit of a drop. Miz and Morrison and the AJ Styles that Christmas play they did, that was awesome. I love the way the lights would like and illuminate people and shit like aj appeared in the corner in his polls and everything and they had what's his name on the back almost and then he uh then they turned the light off because it was like the edited version of the uh the was the night before christmas style thing they were doing and the myth added a part at the end where he became the money he, he cashed his money in the bank and became champion and he was like that wasn't in there and he was like it was after the credits no one stays after the credits anymore yeah all fun stuff it's funny because they were um I think it was Bischoff who recently said that him and Hogan thought that AJ Styles was had a stale personality in TNA. And I was thinking, yeah, now looking back, knowing how funny of a character AJ Styles can be and how much personality he has, he never showed any of that in TNA. Not even a drop. I
2: mean, occasionally when he was a goofy heel, but even that was like really toned down.
1: No, he's had funny moments all over the place. All of his James Ellsworth shit, as much as annoyed people, was funny. You know, just his personality. When he's a heel, I, I find myself liking heel AJ Styles here more as a comedic yeah. heel than the dangerous Bullet Club AJ Styles. Like, just because he does funny things all the time, that sort of breaks the boredom, you know? like I he, like. He has he, uh, a
2: really good sense of humor when it comes to stuff.
1: Like, I like the last few weeks where when he's had to escape, he's, like, backed He's backed up and kind of fallen into the arms of, uh, what's his name? O- almost. Almost. You know, and like he's kind of getting carried away while still pointing at the guy. Larry Adam.
3: Larry Adam. You better be lucky almost.
1: You're lucky almost. <laughs> he's carrying away.
2: I'll fuck you up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's great. It's good stuff. You know, so I do find he has more personality here. And that's why these things it's with Miss and Morrison. No on almost. Yeah. And that's why these things with Miss and Morrison, uh, work because of the personality that they have there, which, uh, Seamus takes offense with the entire thing with uh, AJ winds up escaping via Christmas tree, which I thought was great. He throws the Christmas tree at Seamus, which they're like, who throws a I Christmas know tree? Goes, who throws a Christmas tree at people? Yeah, and he, AJ's like, I bet he didn't see that coming. And Seamus winds up hitting him with a present. He takes a box and beams it at him. That must have sucked. Fucked him up with a present.
4: would be
1: fucking up ornaments on Christmas, yeah. Lana beats Nia Jax clean.
2: Yeah, after uh, Nia goes for that... Uh... Look like it was gonna be like um the bonsai drop or like a Vader bomb or something mm-hmm. instead of uh, after a failed power bomb attempt, Lana kicks her leg out from under him, double stomps her, and then stacks her up. Yep, and that she did not look comfortable at all.
1: And she pays for it though, because they mess up her leg, yeah. right? Which makes Asuka now need a new partner for the tag match, which is just dumb. They can't even keep the fucking tag teams that they're making up together. But we gotta make her a baby face. If the whole storyline was going to eventually get over She can't get over If her leg's fucked up Doesn't make any sense to me Elias finally shows up On the main roster With his uh, sidekick Gunner Riker And uh, he sings his song And What exactly happens With Elias again You're going to have to Remind me here Uh, It was the 24-7 bullshit Oh, that's right, because R-Truth shows up to apologize for interrupting the week before, and then this week. Interrupting uh, him. And then he's like, you're interrupting right now. So then he stops talking, like you're saying, he's like, he doesn't want to interrupt. And then all of a sudden you got all of the 24 guys that show up to try to attack R-Truth and everything. No wonder I forgot, because it wasn't relevant.
2: Yeah. Nothing actually happened.
1: Right, right. Mace kills Ricochet.
2: So, yeah. Retribution finally winning stuff. They're pulling out the big guns
1: now. Mm Mm-hmm. Dana gets jumped by the tag team champs, and then Mandy Rose comes to save her. And she winds up getting down, too, and then Asuka winds up saving her. Asuka, a saver of white girls.
2: Could that just be her title now?
1: Could be. Can we just start calling Empress her? Empress of Tomorrow, Savior of White Girls.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. uh, Riddle beat MVP almost instantly with the Floating Bro. Kill. What's in those donuts, man? I want one now. I need some Floating Bro donuts.
2: <laughs> it did so fast i blinked and it was over and i was like wait a minute what
1: uh-huh and what was after that the main event anything before that
2: uh nothing relevant before that well i mean we did have a little interaction between randy orton and bray wyatt because bray shows up for a firefly a firefly uh field trip and it turns into him basically playing hide and go seek searching for him throughout the night finds uh the rocking chair he sits down in the rocking chair randy attacks him puts him in a box and tries to take him and set him on fire but then the but fiend, fiend
1: shows up which yeah, is the ridiculous pops out of the box. yeah so then the fiend winds up attacking they, the him,
2: him. I, I give him credit because i don't know how they pulled that off
1: yeah i mean the magic of cameras
2: yeah.
1: yeah yeah building more towards uh tlc so yeah definitely um, and then throughout the night, you had like the different puppets showing up. Like r Truth talks to the pig, and he's like, "Oh, is that your son, right?" You're like, "What a beautiful family." And uh, the other one showed up, Rambling Rabbit, I but same the voice one didn't was even
2: rabbit, was rabbit and riddle.
1: It didn't even sound like Rambling Rabbit when he was with Riddle.
2: Yeah, I don't know who that was behind, but it's not the usual guy. It was just so funny to me that he goes, "He goes, you remind me of baby Baby Yoda. I'm gonna call you Baby Broda.
1: Yeah, which Baby Yoda has a name now. You catch up, man. Oh,
2: yeah, I gotta start watching more Mandalorian. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, crazy. There's <sighs> so much shit to
2: watch. Though. Like I gotta start chopping stuff off.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jackson Riker, so we did get him. At least he didn't get released like we thought he was gonna be released.
2: Yeah, I ain't giving him something to do. I ain't mad
1: at it. Yeah, for sure. Alright, so what was up with that after that? What was our main event again? Uh, the main event we had,
2: uh, actually, yeah, the main event was uh, Seamus and AJ.
1: Right, Seamus and AJ Styles. Oh boy, I really would love for this to end next week where we have Owens and AJ Styles on the top of the company, but actually the Roman Reigns thing needs to go on for a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ro- Roman and Owens work and they have history.
1: Mhm. Uh so essentially this ends with AJ climbing up on the ladder and hitting McIntyre off of the top of the ladder, completely kicking his ass to end the show. So that's a bad sign that AJ is not winning on Sunday. Yeah. And uh I'm really tired of Miz and Morrison being put into handicap matches. Like, wrestle your own fucking match, especially if you're going to catch yeah, they, in the briefcase and become champions.
2: I love how they're supposed to help. This is supposed to be helping Keith Lee. He jobs to Miz and Morrison.
1: Yeah. Like, how does that help like, anybody?
2: The fuck with the end? Yeah, I don't give a shit what you're sending him back to the PC for whatever your irrelevant-ass reason is. Jobbing to Miz and Morrison ain't helping shit.
1: No, it doesn't. They don't... You know, like, none of the... It doesn't help anything that's happening for the end here, the lead to this entire thing.
2: You can send somebody back to the PC for as long as you want, but if you book them like shit, it's not going to mean a thing.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And as far as the Lana thing, she's definitely written out of the storyline because they even show it here in this yes. thing that happened after Raw. Don't
4: worry about it. Just, fine. I don't want you to worry
2: about anything. Did
1: she need a neck brace for her foot? <laughs> just breathe, be okay. okay. Wasn't it her foot? Yeah,
2: it was all lower body, no upper. It was on. her <laughs> arm and her foot. Okay, I don't want
4: you to worry about anything. <laughs> They did her,
10: <laughs> Yeah, like, look at how she's strapped down.
2: All I'm saying is, um, somebody, for, for somebody here with a, uh, busted right knee, you don't need the neck brace.
1: Asuka's really close to her in such a short period of time.
2: But yeah, that's actually a real life aspect of Asuka. You, uh, with Asuka, you could bond with her very quickly. Like, she is apparently one of the most lovable people in the of
1: our times. our times. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, well, we survived raw. I don't know what the hell I can say about mm-hmm. that. I'm I mean, amazed to be raw. here.
2: Somehow we survived impact.
1: We know. survived two impacts, man. That Maybe that's why I feel so mentally drained.
2: Oh, yeah, impact will take it out of you.
1: You know, that could be why I feel like, ugh, because we... we Kenny,
2: Kenny Omega wasn't enough to get
1: us through that impact. Yeah, impact will put you to bed. You know, that's something that I've definitely learned over time. Impact will put you the fuck to bed. You know, all right. Well, with that, we're going to be getting the voting going now, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. Last thing line. of the night.
1: Last thing.
2: Which, by the way, jumping in uh, minorly, not talking about Triple Mania, but they did honor La Parker, and he is in, I believe, the uh, AAA Hall of Fame now. So.
1: Kenny Omega went over Laredo Kid retaining the title at Triple Mania for anyone that was and, wondering uh, about that. The Lucha
2: match? Brothers also retained their tag titles. What they finally named the move over in Mexico is called the Mieldo Driver.
1: Yep. All right. Well, it is now time for TLC, which I'm gonna link you guys in the chat room. So you can now vote. Gonna give everybody a chance to get that link. So what was your favorite thing while we're getting we're giving everybody a chance to sync up with us? What was your favorite thing? Uh, this week like what did you find to be the most entertaining
2: um for me truth be told because it was something a little different triple mania actually i have not watched a triple a show in a long time i definitely enjoyed it it was a really cool event um the omega I, i forgot how hard the ring is over there because that ring does not move people okay which made it even worse for the freaking Omega match because he won with a one wing angel from the top rope, but uh, it was cool getting to see a lot of those because those are a lot of wrestlers I used to watch in Mexico, so it was um it was my highlight of the week only because it was the it was something fresh and different.
1: Yeah, I can see that. You know,
2: it has been a long time since I seen a six sided ring. So,
1: yeah. What were your thoughts in regards to Kenny Omega's match?
2: Omega, that was a hard-hitting match. I'd forgotten that they, these guys have realistically been feuding since we had that, uh, it, it was on um, the match with the Elite where they came out dressed as the Street Fighter characters. Right. And I forgot that these guys had literally gone all the way back to that match. And, I mean, it was cool the fact that Omega went into this as AEW champion, so he's already kind of started this little belt collector thing going.
1: Yeah. This had be actually been cool.
2: starting long before we realized it.
1: Yeah, it's funny how for anyone who doesn't know how he wanted being able to rest in Mexico, um, it, the Impact pay per view was taped, so that was yeah. already long in the can by the time this match needed to happen with him and Laredo Kid.
2: Yeah, but they actually uh, with the uh, the tag match they actually found a really creative way to get Pentagon a moment of rest. I can't remember which one of the guys is, but they um they hit him in the leg with a bat at some point. Yeah. But they, of course, they obviously work hit him, but it was to get him away for a little while. And then he basically just came back just for the final spot, right? So it was um, but it was cool because uh, they used they were using their uh Lucha Brothers theme music, so that was actually pretty dope. But uh, yeah, it was a wild match. They had a, a finale of uh, I believe it was Chessman versus Pagan, a hair versus hair match, which I love when they when Mexico when they end feuds, that's it. Yeah. Like Those two are done. There's no, oh, we're gonna come back to it years later and act like it was the first time ever. No, Chessman and Pagan are done after this.
1: I heard it was violent, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. At one point, uh, Chessman did a suicide dive, and literally just... Come, Pagan got out of the way. Go, man goes straight face-first into a pile of chairs. They beat the shit out of each other in this match.
1: That's nuts.
2: Like, when they go hardcore in Mexico, it's literally as long as nobody dies. But yeah, I'd say... Check it out, though, because it wasn't as botchy as last year. It was actually a pretty, pretty decent show.
1: Yeah. And next week, we will talk about Final Battle, uh, the entire show, as well as whatever Ring of Honor weekly matches. We need to catch up if anything notable happens on those. And, uh, of course, this Sunday, no question about it, there will be we'll be in the chat room. You can check us out. Uh, go to the website for more information. You can check us out in the chat. We'll be in there for the kickoff as well as the full TLC pay-per-view on Sunday. And then there'll be a post-show. And that brings oh, us... Yeah. That brings us to the voting polls, which hopefully you guys got to now. We're going to take a look here at what the matches are. TLC. So our first singles match is The Fiend against Randy Orton. What do you see happening here?
2: Um, I am going to go with The Fiend for this one because I believe this is his first match since um losing the Universal Championship. So I feel like... I don't want them to do what they usually do and have the and just get this string of losses. With Randy, we, we know Randy's at the point in his career where winning and losing really doesn't hurt him or affect him in any kind of way. He yeah. kind of stays at that same leveled point, whereas the fiend can benefit a big win like that. And what they've been going along with a lot of these storylines where it's people from Bray's past, the fiend's been getting payback on everybody. So it's like, why not keep that momentum going,
1: you know? Right. Yeah, I kind of, kind of agree with you there. I think I've had enough Orton right now. I would like to see The Fiend yeah. go over here. So, yeah.
2: yeah, that's a huge win for The Fiend, too. So, yeah, keep it rolling.
1: All right. Fiend it is, folks. Moving along, we have the WWE Women's Tag title match. It is Nia Jackson, and Shayna Baszler against what would have been Asuka and Lana. What is now Asuka and we don't know.
2: Asuka indeed. Asuka and vacant.
1: Yeah, Asuka and vacant. Asuka and manic. <laughs>
2: Oh, don't you put <laughs> don't you what don't you put that evil on me, Ricky
1: Bobby? <laughs> I like, how they I have like that the there. Naya
2: Shana team,
1: like it has to stay them. We don't even
2: know who the fuck it's going, gonna be. Like,
1: unless they're gonna have Lana return and despite everything come and win the title. You know what the bad part about it is, you
2: joke, watch them do that shit.
1: Fuck it. Yeah. I'm going ask on Lana. This yeah. is a ruse They're not gonna put some random person there. She's gonna come back and save the day. Oh god. Yeah, it looks like the fucking shot, the silhouette that they put there still wearing the neck brace. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe coincidence? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I can't unsee it now.
3: <laughs> it really the, the more I'm looking at it, the more I fucking see it now. Are you shitting me?
1: <laughs> Could that be the sweet? <laughs> the screen
3: fucking screenplay? silhouette has the neck brace. How stupid oh, are oh, they? Oh. The silhouette <laughs> has the neck
1: brace. There's been no graphic of Lana wearing a
2: neck brace. On-demand people, come into the Twitch, find whether it's Facebook, YouTube, anywhere. Look at that stat. That's all i ask asking you. And, and let's not
1: forget that shot. it was her leg that got fucked up. Right, but yet they have her a neck brace. Why? Neck brace, a, and if the you, silhouette you, of you, you the mystery ne- opponent wearing Lana's neck brace. You know what that's the equivalent
2: of? That's the equivalent of like when you're in elementary school, and no matter what they do, they ask you, do you have to go to the bathroom?
1: I can't fucking believe that. So that means that they probably already have the graphic for Lana set out. But then someone told them they wanted to leave it a mystery. So they just grayed her out, those dumb asses. And the neck (laughs) brace is not the shot. It's amazing. Leave the neck brace and change the hair. They'll never know. Anyway, let's keep scrolling. Disgusted. Royal Tag Team Titles. New Day. Defending against the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin.
2: Give these boys their damn belts.
1: Really, you want the hurt business to get it?
2: They need it at this point. Like, what's it gonna be for them at this point if they lose again? They've already lost in some of the craziest looking ways. Whether it be countouts followed by rematches, then fighting guys twice in the same night. I I don't I can't deal with this anymore. I either give them the titles or don't. I'm going just give them the friggin' titles. What's it gonna hurt New Day at this point? All right, these guys are already tagging God, so it's like.
1: I'll take that trip with you. Smackdown women's title. Sasha Banks defending against Carmella. Sasha's Sasha not going to lose to this,
2: this suddenly overpower Carmella. She got, to, she got to put some work in before she come back and just win a title.
1: Yeah, I, I believe so too. Sasha already has... I mean, we can have short Sasha runs. I'm glad that Carmella's back, but uh, hopefully this will just be part of a bigger feud.
2: Yeah, let let let, let the feud keep going for a little while.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um... We got the WWE tables, ladders, and chairs match. AJ Styles with almost Drew McIntyre defending his title. World Championship on the line. Which
2: is interesting. This is the only match that has tables, ladders, or chairs implications.
1: I'd like to see AJ Styles with the title instead of Drew McIntyre right now. I'm going to go with that. I'm just going to vote for because it it's what I want. So, yeah. yeah.
2: And I mean, AJ's won this championship in TLC before. <laughs> Yeah, but here's here's the problem, and the only reason I'm going for Drew, it's a it's a theme that I've looked at when it comes to certain matches, like ladder matches, cells. Whether it's somebody going in for the first time, the problem AJ's going to run into is Drew knows what AJ can do in there. AJ doesn't know what Drew can do in that thing. Like yeah. that's th- there's a level of, there's a level of danger in having somebody go into their match for the first time because the other guy's not going to know what they're capable of. Whereas Drew can get creative at this point. Yeah, now you're dead on about that. It's something they never talk about, too. Like I I kind of hate they never bring that up because that's always what I think about whenever I hear about somebody going into a match for the first time ever.
1: Well, I'm like I said, I'm going with AJ Styles with this. The Drew run is dry for me. If you like it, that's on yeah. you. I could go for a change. AJ's been refreshing even when he hasn't had the title. Give him the title.
2: And when AJ has that title, AJ has that title for a hot minute.
1: And this brings us to the main event, the WWE Universal Title Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match. Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman defending the title against Kevin Owens.
2: Oh yeah, of course Roman's going over in this, this one, but he is going to probably make it out of this one by the skin of his teeth because it's freaking Kevin Owens and a tables, ladders, and chairs match.
1: Yeah, I do see that, and
2: this we we I've seen because um I watched it. I, I every time he's in a ladder match, I find myself watching it again. The freaking ladder war four. the stuff this man will do to himself and other people with ladders.
1: Yeah, and I want to keep That's the, the bloodline story going, which is another reason why I think that this is a great idea.
2: Do we know any status when it comes to Jimmy when he's going to be back? Because I almost started to think maybe Jimmy gets involved and helps.
1: I was thinking the same thing earlier. I was thinking now's a good time that we want to keep Kevin Owens looking strong, bring Jimmy back where he becomes part of the brotherhood or whatever the hell they call themselves, the bloodline. Yeah,
2: because, I mean, if Jimmy's okay to come back, let him do
1: something right there with you. All right. So, Roman, we have Peg to go over for this one. And that is it. Those are your matches. You just hit the finish button at the bottom. Make sure you do it. If you listen to this, it doesn't matter. It'll be at the top of the website at some point within the next few hours if you listen to this on demand. Uh, that'll be it. That's a wrap. That is the end of the polls. All right. I hit my finish button there. I implore you all to do the same.
2: Yeah. Vote on these bad boys, guys. It gives you uh, It gives us an idea of, like we say every time, it gives us an idea of where the community looks at things. Yeah. There's been times where we've been split down the middle. There's been times where everybody was on the
1: same side. All right. Well, that's it. This Sunday we will be here. We're gonna hang out, chill, eat junk food, and watch the shitty pay per view. Right.
2: But before that, watch the final
1: battles. No. (laughs) Yeah. More of that. All right, guys. Well, that being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us over this long and late evening episode. all of you that have hung out on the chat, including Miss lenity Silly Gnome 225, Casino Thanks, Bloodluster, George with a Z, KingQuest 770, Stasis Dreams, EB Gamer, and Senpai, also thank you for the host, Uncle Louie TV, Ice Wizards, Droop Dog, Extra More, Bloodluster, and all of you listening across all platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and all of the other various podcatcher apps as well as the live video feeds on twitch.tv slash talkbunch as well as facebook.com slash talkbunch ladies and gentlemen you have been listening to to talkbunch live episode 426 hosted by yours truly rick dara aka captain brunch for myself and my co-host destin soul glow fraser we're out of here rest easy debo everybody
3: Shutting it down.